Good morning. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I would be Glenn. Griffin's over there. Prince Charles is back. And Griffin, you thought we forgot. Go ahead. Go get that box of beans. Go ahead. They're sitting nice. out in the other room. All go nice. get a box of beans. Griffin's got to eat a box of beans this morning. Bro. Makuda. Hey, bro. I didn't. I didn't do it. If I had made a faux pas as significant as that, I would expect a similar punishment. For those that weren't with us at the end of Tuesday's show, Griffin stopped the show for major breaking news. We cannot end the show. We have huge breaking news. And, of course, given that the Ravens have we've been talking for weeks about whether or not the Ravens might be in the market to trade a quarterback. Should I just, like, down the whole thing. No, you, you have to. We have to do the thing where you're like, you don't know what flavor it's going to be, and we got to. That's the idea of being boozled. Yeah. Which, of course, if you ask my kids, is the reason why I was puking the day of our drinking show. Which, which <laughs> it were, was. I thought they were like, "Dad, you ate too many jelly beans." I said, "Yep, that's the reason. That's the reason, boys. Dad had too many jelly beans. That's why he's puking at the cheesecake factory. <laughs> that's a thing that occurred in my life." Very proud moment for everybody in my family. Very proud moment. Uh, we go to the finest restaurant in all of town, and there's Dad puking in the bathroom. So Griffin stopped the show at the end of the show on Tuesday, and uh, <laughs> he says, dude, huge breaking news. I said, what? Say, say what now? There's huge breaking news. Yeah. Well, like, it, it, how have I... I, I was unaware. All right. Tell yeah, me. what it was, did a, I, it was a rough moment. What did I miss? Oh, man. And he said, well, <laughs> a trade has been made. I said, what? Oh. said, the Falcons have moved up to number three in the NFL draft. I said, wow, bold. They know the Colts are taking a quarterback. They can't run the risk. The Raiders might want a quarterback. This would leave them out. I mean, I'm, I'm reacting to it. And then all of a sudden it hits me. Hey, Griffin, where'd you get this news from? It's like, oh, dude, it's everywhere. I said, yeah, but, like, name a place. He said, NFL Network. I said, huh. And I'm looking around. He's like, well, actually, it's it's Field Yates. He's not NFL Network. I said, no, he's he's not. He's ESPN. <laughs> and then I went to Field Yates' Twitter page, and I said, huh. Well, the thing about that is there's nothing here about a move up to number three from the Falcons. Yeah, I just needed and to. And Griffin suddenly said, oh, God. <laughs> I've made a terrible mistake because what he had seen was they had traded for a former number three overall pick, yeah. Jeff Akuda, and somehow had convinced himself that meant they traded up for this year's number three pick. What do you have to say for yourself? I guess I'm eating a jelly bean. Well, you're going to eat and a I few gotta, jelly beans. And i got to learn how to read again. you got to eat a few jelly beans. All right, pull out the first bean. These, of course, the bean-boozled beans. It's going to be... Dirty dishwater or birthday cake? All right. Well, you know. Let's see. That's tame. Tame to start. Mm. It was birthday cake? All right. Do another one. All right. Do another one. We need a payoff before we get on with the show. We need a bad one before we can actually do the rest of the show. Now this is Tutti Frutti or Stinky Socks. Oh, again. Two two equally delicious flavors. I mean, sometimes. Tutti Frutti. Let's go. Wow. Oh, damn wow. it. Wow. I'm getting lucky here. Damn it. 
All right, we need to do a third. Swallow those. Get get the. I want get the. the I want a clean. I want a clean palate oh here. God, that, get the man of water, Charles. Get the man I, of water. Oh, water. he's got a water. Never yeah, mind. You don't good. have to get you're the man good. of water. We need, right. a, we need a clean palate for uh, for there to be. I don't want there to be any leftover positive taste in your mouth once the stinky socks or the whatever it is. What are the all? What are, Nate, remind me of all the bad flavors. There's, this is going to be booger or juicy pear. Ah, There's well, dead fish in there. Two things you equally enjoy consuming. <laughs> Old bandage. That was the worst one. I can remember. I don't. Last time. I don't remember. I don't remember <laughs> anything. I don't remember at all. Uh, toothpaste. That doesn't sound terrible. Um, yeah, that of all the bad flavors, yeah. I believe like, that was toothpaste. the one you're like. All right. Yeah. Rotten egg. Uh, ah. Uh, stink bug. Ah, yeah. Barf. I definitely still was tasting stink bug when I was puking <laughs> later in that day. I was still tasting stink bug. And 100%. liver and onions. All right. Let's Ooh. see what the. All right. So this is booger or juicy pear. All right. No. You didn't go three for three. Yeah, I went this three for three. This son of a bitch! <laughs> Maybe I got a dud box here. <laughs> well, you're all right. We're gonna have to go for a fourth. We don't have a choice. We need you to get one bad one before we can move on with the show. We have a lot to do today. Coming oh, up on the program. God, no, this is gonna be the old bandage or uh or pomegranate. Come on, old or pomegranate. Come on, old bandage. For God's sakes! For God's <laughs> sakes! Let us move on. Oh yeah! There we go. That's that's this is the one. That's what we need. This is what I kept getting too. Last time. All right, we can we can pause for a little while here. We can pause. We'll we'll revisit the Bean Boozled box in a little bit. We needed that. That was the money shot. That was what we needed. Again, because you got to make sure you check your sources. Griffin, uh, I I I think is is looking to have even bigger opportunities. I know. It's hard to believe bigger than Glenn Clark Radio. Yes. But Lou Griffin's <laughs> looking for even bigger opportunities in the media world, and you can't make these types of mistakes no, you in the media no, world. No, so we've can. got to uh, we got to learn from our <laughs> mistakes, which is what we're doing this morning by making him do the bean boozle. All right, coming up on the program today, uh, we haven't caught up with Dave Odom in a long time, the former Wake Forest coach, South Carolina as well. Once brought Wake Forest right here to Baltimore to play in the NCAA tournament with the great Tim Duncan and Randolph Childress. We're going to catch up with Dave Odom because he's now... What's his title at the, with this event? What's he is the chair. Hold on. I'll yeah, make up. sure we have that right. Make sure. I've got an email about it. I'm sure I can pull it up. Uh, the Asheville Championship. Hang on. Coach Dave Odom, the, the former national coach of the year, three-time ACC the official, He is the chair of the Asheville yes, Championship. the official chair. The chair of the Asheville Championship. Maryland basketball is going to play in the Asheville Championship next year with UAB, Davidson, and Clemson. Um, Asheville, my, I have some friends, including John Proctor, recently made a trip to Asheville and oh, wow. was telling me about how nice it is. Blue Ridge Mountain. Um, so if you're uh, thinking about maybe a place to go spend some time next November, it's before, it's not Thanksgiving week. It's before yeah. that. It's November 10th through 12th. So uh, Maryland's playing in that event. We'll uh, catch up with Dave Odom, obviously. Uh, his son, of course, Ryan, was the coach at UMBC. Pulled off such a historic upset and now is the coach at VCU. So... We will uh, we will chat with Dave Odom here in a little bit. Also this morning, it's ironic because today is Fighting Words Day. We're going to do a lot of Fighting Words today because on top of our regular segment, Leonard Ellerby is going to join us. Uh, Leonard Ellerby is, of course, the CEO of Mayweather Promotions, was extraordinarily involved in discovering and raising up Floyd Mayweather, and now, of course, is involved with Baltimore's own Javante Tank Davis and getting ready for a big fight. You all right over there? 
Old Bandage is by far the worst flavor. I don't know, man. That I stink thing. bug was still. It, it felt like I still had bug residue. I once had to eat crickets one morning during Ugh. the show, and the worst part about it was that the little legs were still like in my teeth as the day went on. Like I, it was very difficult for me to wipe that out of my. I had I had uh, grasshopper legs in Disney World. Why would you do that? Why no, would you we, choose we were, we to do that? We went to Mexico. That? I understood, but you chose. That. I had mezcal. I lost a bet. I had to do it. You. It was chose like part of the that. drink that you. Oh, yeah, okay. Because yeah, you did the drinking yeah. around the world mm-hmm. bit. All yes. Right, yeah, yes. Okay. It was it was pretty cool. I, if you say so. <laughs> sure, it cost about a thousand dollars. Thanks, mom. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Look at you. Look at you. Still, <laughs> still getting that hookup, huh? Um, anyway, Leonard Ellerby will join us a little bit later on. We'll preview Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia next Saturday on Showtime Pay-Per-View. And uh, also, this morning, we make our weekly trip to Bowie to catch up with uh, someone who I know all Orioles fans are very excited about. Kobe Mayo is going to join us this morning as well, one of the team's top prospects and uh, a man whose exit velocity is really impressive. Kobe Mayo will join us later on this morning. The Lamar Meter is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. And today we move the Lamar Meter, not at all. No movement, 92%. We leave it sitting there. Now, I mean, there was just, there was nothing that happened during the course of the day. There was no, (laughs) there was no movement by another team to get up to number three in the draft. There was just nothing that was going on related to Lamar Jackson. Did um, OBJ come to the training? Well, he arrived. Yes. He arrived yesterday, okay. and by the, I'll, I'll be the one to say it. All of your lapel mic videos stink. I know that's become a thing now. They just like have people hold lapel he's mics. Got the, he's got the cute little mini microphone. No, like, it was like it, it was a lapel mic that they just put a little flag yeah, exactly, on. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. Those lapel mic videos are terrible. They sound. Yes. They all sound like this. That's what they all sound like. All lapel mic. I know we're like, hey, man, it's cool because then you don't have to travel with a real microphone, right? Like, you can just hold this thing. There's a reason why we did, we knew this existed for a hundred years and we didn't use it. Because it sounds like these, hey, dude, I'm so happy to be here in Baltimore. I'm Joe Beckham here. I'm really excited. Let's get to work. They all sound like that. They all stink. Stop it. The point got across. He's excited to be here. You're giving Maul, like, Vlog vibes, oh yeah, like sixteen-year-olds on like TikTok. Yeah. But like that they, they all, they all. The in yeah. the but now, now professional people use lapel mics and just hold them out. Like they're like, oh, dude, that's all we need. Yes, yeah. Ravens Productions could be. Yeah, you yeah. can. You guys can afford to have a real. You don't have to do this bit just because it's what other people do on TikTok. You can actually get it right. Anyway, I'm sorry, that's not the point. Today they'll have a press conference, one o'clock, and if something comes from that press conference. Then we will use that to impact tomorrow's Lamar meter reading. Um, I think a lot of people have said, "Well, are you getting to the? Are we getting to closer to the end of the Lamar meter?" Not until we have a resolution. We we will continue to do this until we get Lamar signing, stating that he will be there for training, whatever it is. Until the plane is landed, we will continue to do it because you just never know. Again, what happens if? Lamar says to the Ravens, all right, you got me Odell Beckham, I'm ready to go, but you got to pay me $50 million this year. And the Ravens say, no, 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 not going to be $50 million. The tag says 32 that's the number. And then there's problems all over again. I, I am, I, I get it. It might be boring. It might be that there are days where we just don't move the meter all that much. And that's not as sexy and it won't get us as many clicks and all that, but the meter still exists until the plane has landed. 
So 92% remains the number for today. There is no movement on the Lamar meter brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. Orioles lose last night, and in particularly disappointing fashion. My streak uh, came to an end. Oh, because you were at the game last evening. Yes. Hey, yeah, I went hey, like way to go. Across jerk. like all sports, I like went undefeated for over a year. Didn't you go to some Towson basketball games yeah. this year? Yeah, and they won was, every single one of them. I won. I, I went to a UMBC. You didn't go to the Charleston game. game no, no, I didn't go to the Charleston game. Right. Yeah, I went to a couple Towson games. They won. I went to the, the Ravens game in Pittsburgh. Went to uh, any Maryland game I went to. They won. It was a. Uh, I had a great year, and then last night the Orioles. Dean Kramer was like, "No, oh, yeah, he was not." And that's that. We'll get to that in one second. So yeah, the Orioles lose. The really disappointing part is the fact that they battled back. Yeah. That we got to see the, the thing that you pay for now, which is Adley Rutschman being a hero. You got you got that, only for them to yak it back up immediately afterwards to the Oakland Athletics. The bigger issue is not a single game, of course. The bigger issue, and I'll get to some of your responses today, but I've got a, a think tank. I'm doing it in the form of a poll because, for whatever reason, we struggle with these things when you can't just click a button when it actually requires you to share a thought. I like to have conversations. That's what I like about doing a show is we have conversations. Apparently, we live in an age where nobody really wants to have the conversation. They just want to click a button and be done with it. I want to know if you're feeling genuine panic about the Orioles pitching at this point or if you're still inclined to say it's way too early to be feeling that. I want to know where you are with that. But again, I want a thought. I don't just want you to vote in the poll. I want you to click reply. Be a reply guy with me, would you? I want you to share any thought at all about... What what leans or why it is that you feel a certain way? I'm giving this isn't like would you rather Wednesday. You're allowed to have a convoluted answer today. Like I'm not going to admonish you. Ryan Frazier and I are not gonna have a secret text chain going <laughs> making fun of you today. You're allowed to have a complicated answer. It's okay. I'm looking for thoughts today. I want to know where you are between legitimate panic and let me be honest with you, because we're going to get to your responses throughout the course of the morning. Let me be as honest as I can about it. While I, again, would probably still click too early, because I get it. Like, we're not even... Th- there's no way that you can fairly measure this. Imagine if we measured last year's Orioles by where they were on April 13th. We would feel like silly geese. But I do think there's room in there to feel concern beyond just, it's a sluggish start to the season. I think there's room in there to say it's totally possible that what you saw from Dean Kramer and Austin Voth and maybe even Kyle Bradish a year ago is not legitimately what we should have been able to expect from those guys this season. That it might just be that they all kind of had a good season more so than that they are really, truly quality Major League pitchers. So I'm concerned I'm concerned that the Orioles by the way, Cole Irvin hasn't been particularly great either. Let's be let's be reasonable about that. I'm concerned. I'm not panicked, because again, I do recognize it's far too early to be panicked. But I have concern that we maybe bought into a little bit of fool's gold a year ago with those guys. And when we said, hey, look, we would like the Orioles to sign pitching, but to be fair, They've never had this much starting pitching. 
we were predicating that off of one season's worth of quality. Dean Kramer does not have a track record of being that guy. It's not like what Dean Kramer did a year ago was what we had been expecting for years. And he had been he had been a guy that we were like, maybe, maybe. But he was never Grayson Rodriguez. He was never even D.L. Hall. He was a guy. So was last year really what Dean Kramer is as a major league pitcher? Or is there a chance that what we're seeing so far this season is more of the story of what Dean Kramer will be as a major league pitcher? I think it's a reasonable question to ask. The bullpen was the biggest concern for me to start the season. You're still going to get Tate and Givens back at some point. But you know, the CNL Perez thing, it don't look good. It it don't it don't look good at all. I'm concerned. Maybe not panicked, but these are the Oakland A's that you're getting kind of rocked by. These are guys that you don't even know who they are. This is, you know, the players that would have been playing for the Orioles in 2019 that are rocking you. Jace Peterson, Jace Peterson. Peterson. literally, Aguilar. literally, yeah. some of those guys. By the way, Ryan O'Hearn rejoins the Orioles today as they sent down Anthony Benboom. And so Stower stays down. Yeah, I mean, meanwhile, Franchi Cordero continues. <laughs> Got to add Franchi on my that fantasy is team. A, I need outfield help. That is a rough, that is a, that is rough, man. <laughs> that is just, it's so, Rita kept admonishing me about that. Like, they didn't need more hitters. They needed more defense. I'm like, Rita. Clearly they needed, I, I mean. I mean, I hear you. It's not like I'm telling you you're wrong. But this is still tough. <laughs> like, this is still very difficult. I mean, if he was in, like, San Diego, we wouldn't care. No, we wouldn't give a rat's <laughs> ass. This is still really, really difficult to deal with. Um, so, yeah, that's my question today. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. I just want to know, where are you between legitimately panicked, like, legitimately really worked up about whether or not you know, I get it. Kyle Bradish is going to be back soon. We hope he's going to make a start. And Bowie, I will bring that up with Kobe Mayo. Um, and then you presume he's back. John Means will be back at some point, and that'll be nice. But can you stay afloat long enough in order to get John Means back? And how is it stabilizing between now and whenever John Means comes back? Those things are real to me. Are you panicked, or are you still willing to say, look, I get it, not great, but far too early. That's what I want your responses on, and we will share them throughout the course of the morning. Again, at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter is the way to get in. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. And, of course, we should point out the Orioles do indeed wrap up their series of the Athletics matinee action today. Uh, Adam Aller is on the mound for Oakland, which is definitely something I've heard of before. I totally know what an Adam Aller is. He's allegedly a right-handed pitcher of some sort. What's, what's matinee for uh, MLB? What time so, well, today they're playing at 1. one? They're playing okay. a, a, a true getaway, 1 o'clock game today. 
Um, I'm thinking like 11 a.m. That's what I initially had in my head. No, I'm, the, I believe matinee has to be afternoon. Okay. I think, I don't, you know, I got to be honest with you. Now I'm, I'm second guessing. Like, what is the definition of matinee? When I was 15, going into 16, I worked at the ah, movies. You know what? You're yeah. right. It's just daytime. So yeah. matinee would include 11 a.m. You're yeah, right. I worked at the movies and they, like, all the 11 a.m. shows, they called matinees. Yeah, like the ones where you, you just sold a couple tickets here. And yeah, there. I know. I'm I'm familiar with that. That was the best time to work in the movies. Not when because the nobody was there. Yeah, right. Back to the door. Yeah, it does seem like a good time to be there. Uh, Cole Irvin goes for the birds day again, one o'clock uh, for that. And uh, if you happen to live in another market, good news for you. You can watch today's game on MLB Network. We'll talk about that more coming up during Totally Tubular. But they wrap up that series before the birds head to Chicago for three games this weekend. Right now, it's been a long time. The last time I saw our next guest was the day that um, what's, what's the Chesapeake Employers, Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena opened at UMBC, and uh, they took it on the chin against Vermont. Of course, they would avenge that loss just a few weeks later. That's the last time I saw our next guest. He is the chair of the Asheville Championship, and next fall or this coming fall the university of maryland is going to be participating in that event joining us now legendary former coach at wake forest in south carolina once brought his team to baltimore to play in the ncaa tournament he is coach dave odom and he is with us now here on gcr coach it's glenn it's great to catch up with you thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning oh my gosh uh, my pleasure i always take advantage of an opportunity to talk about basketball and especially uh, our our brainchild that we call the Asheville Championships, and uh, we're just delighted to have. Hey, listen, I think we've got the best field that we've had in the three years that we've done it, uh, and and certainly University of Maryland is key for that. I'm gonna guess that the field was already set. Did you did you at least attempt to call around and see if maybe you could switch out somebody to get VCU in the event this year, Coach? <laughs> no, no, I'm saving the prize. <laughs> for another year down the road. So, but we'll get to that for sure. I, I it's no, already been mentioned. Believe I have, me. I have no doubt that's the case. Coach, um, I just had some friends who took a trip down to Asheville. For anyone who hasn't been down before, I, I know it's a really special community, a really special place uh, to have this event, as you point out, what a field, Maryland, Clemson, Davidson, UAB. Um, what, what will people need to know about maybe starting to plan now for a trip to travel down with the Terps in November? Well, first of all, it's a destination, uh, uh, and you could say that about a lot of places, but really mean it about uh, Asheville. Uh, it's the time of the year when the leaves are changing colors, going from green to uh, the multicolors of, uh, of fall. Uh, you've got, you know, you've got the yellows and the, and the pinks and all the greens and everything mixed up, and it's just absolutely a gorgeous time. You got uh, Biltmore, uh, the plantation there, which is absolutely worth every dime it costs to go through it. Uh, my wife and I have done it several times. Uh, it takes you back to the old days, but what a unbelievable uh, plantation it is and, and something to really talk about. And uh, the, the town itself is uh, it's a throwback to days gone by, but lots of shopping and uh, the the people that live there full time they walk the streets perfectly safe and um, 
and and it, there's a growing interest in basketball there. They always hold the Southern Conference championships there in the in the you know in the spring uh, when championships are played. But uh, we've we've this will be our third trip there uh, to Asheville, and it's growing each and every year. And I think this year we're going to have the biggest crowd we've had and the best teams. You know, it's interesting you bring it up, Coach. I, I, I'm sure there was probably a bit of you that was a little bit sad when Maryland left the ACC a few years back, thinking back on some of the legends. Whoa, now, whoa, whoa, whoa. More than a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I was devastated with a lot of people. I'm telling you, Maryland was very much a part of the ACC as we who grew up knew it I, to I, be, and it just – Broke my heart when they left. There are still lots of folks this way that have, are not over it a decade in and, and very much not over it to this point. And they go, no, there were legendary matchups. I think about one particular night where LaRon Prophet definitely got the shot off in time, Coach. No matter what you say, I know he got that shot off <laughs> in time in that game when you guys were number one. Um, I, well, he got it. He got it off in time to go to the bus, the bus to go back home. Yeah. <laughs> we are grateful that they didn't put instant replay in place until a few years <laughs> later. We are grateful for that because it allows me some plausible deniability to truly believe that that shot got off in time. But I, when I bring that up, it's to say I, I remember talking uh, when Kevin Willard arrived, and one of the things he looked at in the schedule is he said. We, we want to go south um, for some of these events in the coming years. We want to go that direction. One, because it, you know, it, it's nice for your fan base to go somewhere. Maybe it's a little bit warmer, a bit more of a, a destination trip, as you bring up. But two, it, it, it kind of taps into those old ACC roots, right? And Maryland playing in an event like this probably reminds a lot of fans of trips that they used to make down to Wake Forest or North Carolina and NC State and maybe tries to invigorate um, a fan base that hasn't perhaps been as excited about making trips to Lincoln or Iowa City in recent years. Yeah, well, uh, let, let me tell you something else. That uh, I've been doing this now 14 years. Not not Asheville, but, you know, I do the Maui tournament as well. Okay. And, uh, you know, we've tied the two together uh, in, in certain ways. Uh, when we had this uh, brainchild to start something in Asheville, um, uh I, Coach Turgeon, who was there, you know, a couple of regimes ago, uh, was kind enough to at least entertain it and let me uh, present it to him. And I tell you what we've done, um, you know, with Maui and other t- tournaments similar to that, 18 tournaments, you're going to play three games in three days. And uh, some of the coaches in the country have found that to be a bit objectionable, if you will. It, it kind of wears their teams out and uh, right at the start of the season. So we came up with the idea, why don't we, why don't we have a tournament for those that want to do it uh, where there are only four teams and you would play two games and you're not going to come out of it uh, too tired or too you'll, – you'll find out what you're all about because you've played some really good competition. Yep. You don't need three games to do it. Um, and so those that want to – play the difficult competition, but only do it for two nights. This is for you. This is for them. And Mark Turgeon was kind enough to say, I do. I want to do that. Uh, we're going to get uh, Maryland in the uh, Maui tournament 
um, a couple of years down the road. Like that. So uh, it, it's going to work for both, I think. Hey, hey Coach, I just want to put a, a, a bug in your ear. If you, if you think it might be helpful to come have us broadcast from that Maui tournament, or even from Asheville, let, let, let us know. I think I, I knew as soon as <laughs> I knew as soon as I mentioned Maui, here, we're going to have a, a different conversation. I knew that. So. I, I, you know what? I'm telling you though, Griffin and I, we're willing to pack up the stuff and head down to Asheville too in the fall. That's a promise. We'll make that trip and come broadcast. You live do it from there. Uh, Coach Dave Odom. We'll, tr- yeah. we'll treat you like you can't believe. I can't wait. I, I cannot wait. Get some barbecue. It sounds good to me. Um, uh, uh, Coach, the, what you thought of, you know, Kevin Willard this season stepping in in a tough so- situation and a cupboard that was a little bare, um, you know, not having time to recruit his own guys and yet being extraordinarily competitive this season and going undefeated in Big Ten play at home. How impressed were you with the job that Kevin Willard did at the University of Maryland in his first season? Listen, nobody pulled for him harder than I did uh, along the way. And the reason for that, uh, it's a great short story. I know you got to go. But when, when I first became uh, involved with the five-star basketball camp, um, my first night on the road was in Kevin Willard's home. Really? Uh, his his mom and dad, Ralph and Dottie Willard, are two of my best friends, and I am so excited about having Kevin and uh, his his basketball team come to to Asheville. Uh, but you, next time you see Kevin, you can tell him I remember him walking around his house in uh, Huntington, New York, with diapers. <laughs> Literally, I mean, uh, the, my friend, he had diapers on running around. He and his brother. Uh, so I, I know the Willard family very, very well. So, but, uh, because of that, I'm going to treat them very, very well when they get to Asheville as well. But to answer your question, uh, I was super impressed, but not surprised that he would do a great job. That's awesome. Uh, I, 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 I kind of flinched a little bit in the first two weeks of the re- regular season. I said, Oh my. And he turned it around quickly. Uh, one of the best teams in the country, truly. Uh, I would say, and let's just be honest, I'd say he's one of the top 30 teams in the country uh, at the end of the year, which is magnificent for somebody that, you know, started uh, so far behind because of just, just you know, it just takes a while to get things yep. going. So yep. uh, I d- you mentioned uh, Richmond and VCU a little earlier. I'm, I hope my son does as well at VCU as Kevin did at uh, Maryland in his first year. Let, let me let me cover two things with you quickly because before we let you go, Coach. One, um, I, I'm, I was talking to Randolph Childress actually just a couple of weeks ago. He was on the show, and we were reminiscing about 1995 and you guys playing at the old Baltimore Arena in the NCAA tournament, which was the <laughs> last time that the city of Baltimore ever hosted the NCAA tournament. So they have refurbished that building. They have it is amazing. Uh, we just finally reopened it last week. It's a really exciting time. It with an actual modern building now. What your experience was like in Baltimore all those years ago? Do you feel like Baltimore could be another a host again for the NCAA tournament with a real legitimate building now? Oh, I absolutely do because you got everything you need. You got uh, hotels, housing. Uh, you got uh, you know sites to to see. You've got Annapolis just up the road there, which is every, everything you need for a, uh, an NCAA uh, early season, uh, early tournament uh, 
site is there. Uh, you know, the, the sea co- seaboard, uh, coastline, everything, is, it's there. So no doubt uh, it'll be in consideration for sure, uh, I think, in the coming uh years I, I really hope that's the case and i know it's a priority for the folks within the city and the mayor and the new building it is a huge priority for them to try to bring back the ncaa tournament and then you bring up your son obviously so you, you know ryan and i have been very close over the years and it was it was great to meet you that day that the building opened coach but I, with the, the pressure that he's had to feel right from being the guy that did it first obviously now there's company right with um, with fairly dickinson this year but I, I've, I've talked to him about it a lot, right? Like, the, that you have to carry that, that you can't just be the guy that did something one time and that everywhere you go, you have to live up to it. How proud are you that, that he's been able to move on and do other things and continue to succeed and, and not be, you know, be burdened by being measured as the guy that did this one thing this one time? Well, you know, it's interesting you ask about that because I heard him interviewed about a month ago, just just before the change from uh, Utah State to uh, Virginia Commonwealth. And uh, one of the questions that uh, the interviewer asked him was, what was the most exciting game you've ever coached since you've been a head coach? And he thought for a second, and he surprised me. He surprised his mother and maybe some others because I thought that was a lock. I thought he was going to say the night that we played Virginia in the first round of the NCAA tournament and beat him. He didn't. Did he say Vermont? He said, he said Vermont yep. at Vermont, yep. beating Vermont at Vermont, because every it, it was like a given that Vermont was going to win the, uh, the, the, old, the conference tournament uh, every year and go advance to the uh, NCAA tournament. So I was really surprised that he said that. But I, in retrospect, I think he's right. Yep. Now, you mentioned about uh, the opening game, and I was there, uh, as you mentioned. I, uh, that was, uh, I think, a bad choice. <laughs> I don't know who made the choice to open the, the uh, building that night, uh, but that game will live in infamy for sure <laughs> because it was a no contest from the beginning. Yep. But uh, I'll give Ryan credit. Uh, he didn't. Uh, he didn't run away and hide and say this is too much for me. He uh, buckled his belt and he went to work and he built it every every single year. I think he was there five years. He built it every year. He's better team, better team, better team. Yep. And uh, so I was really proud of him. I hope he can do the same at VCU. I think he can. I think you're right about that. I think it was a home run hire for them, and I no doubt that he is going to continue to be successful. The Asheville Championship, November 10th through 12th. Um, a great opportunity to travel down, see some great basketball. Obviously, Jameer Young's back for Maryland, as well as now Dante Scott, Juju Reese. So a veteran team returning with a really highly touted top 15 uh, freshman class. And who knows, maybe a, another big man to be added into the mix between now and then. Well, I, I would really encourage the uh, ter- fans Make the trip down there. Support those Terrapins. They deserve it, and and the fans deserve a nice trip, and we'll give them that, a nice experience at Asheville. AshevilleChampionship.com. Coach Dave Odom, really a pleasure. Truly appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Let's be in touch. We'd love to come down and see you in Asheville this November. I will do it again, and I'll take you for your first uh, beverage 
adult veger, uh, beverage, if we will. I love it. Thank All you. Right. Okay, thank you, Coach. coach <laughs> okay. Dave Odom, uh, legendary former coach at Wake Forest and uh, South Carolina and uh, the chair of the Asheville Championship. Um, yeah, John Proctor was telling me it's a neat town. It's a really neat town. Um, I've never really spent any time in Asheville, so I'd uh, I'd be up for it. I'd be up for making uh, you know, oh, it's a second game is on a Sunday. That's a little tough for us. That uh, that uh, it's not the ideal day. For maybe it'll us be to a be bye away. week, or it'd be nice if they maybe played on Monday night oh, that week or something yeah. like that. Like maybe, or if they played on Thursday, we could we could work around it yes. somehow, perhaps, perhaps, or we just go down for Friday. You know, yeah. we can't stick around for Sunday. Life will go on. Maybe work something out, man. I'd love to. I'd love to. I just, I've never spent any time in, like, there are a lot of, um, a lot of cool towns. Like, I had never spent any time in Charleston before. Uh, I went on a trip, like, four years ago. I think the summer before the pandemic. We took a trip to Charleston. It's awesome. Like, I, I would bathe in Rodney Scott's, Scott's barbecue if I had the opportunity. Charleston is awesome. It's incredible. Um, I've spent some time in Savannah over the years, another really neat, uh, southern town. Everybody raves to me about Chattanooga, that, like, you have to go experience. We, of course, associate Chattanooga with Terrell Owens and not much else. <laughs> like, we're like, yeah, there's, there's T.O. He went to Chattanooga. Uh, well, in Iron Man 3, wasn't the little kid in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee? I Is think? that where he was? I think so. I blocked out a lot of Iron Man 3, <laughs> my friend. It was, uh, was kind of sad. That's my only other, yeah. Well, it was kind of, yeah. like, if they had just presented it as, like, an Iron Man Christmas film... Then, like, I think it could have been more redeemable because our our expectations would have been a lot lower. When like, oh, it's it's a Christmas Iron Man story, yeah. like sort of like they did that silly Christmas Guardians of the Galaxy last year, and like it wasn't great, but it was no. fun. Yes, it was. It I was. still have that. The hey, Kevin Bacon. I don't I don't know what Christmas is, but you know, like that song from the beginning was in my head for a little while. I enjoyed it. But it's because I lowered my expectations. It was just a goofy Christmas the Guardians of the Galaxy thing. Thank you. By the way, I mean. the the song they're using in the trailer for the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. This will mean nothing to you guys because I think it came out before Is you it were the born. The yellow brick. No, no it's That's a song called. Um, it's a song by a band called Space Hog. Oh. Which again, I know means absolutely zero to you. I uh, understand yes, Space that. Hog. In the meantime, is the song, and they've done this like. The really orchestral, dramatic version of the song in the trailer, and it's the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. Every time the trailer comes on, like if I just have the TV on in the background, like today we'll probably put the baseball game on in the background, and I don't think they run uh, Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. trailers during Orioles games, but if it, it were, if it were to come on, everything stops. I'm telling you, I'll be sitting here all of a sudden. I'm like, <laughs> it's. <laughs> And it's it's always been a great hook, but like the way that they oh hang on a second we could just we could just play no, we want to play I mean, snippet ahead. I don't I don't want to get us in trouble here. When well, we say second. we're playing the interview or uh, not the interview the no, preview you know, the trailer like, I, I don't want to I don't want to yeah it's not I mean like I don't want to play it through I don't want to play it through the you know like the I don't want to get us kicked off but yeah. my God the drama in this hang on a second oh oh. Okay. I get Space Hawk. This is but again, this is not what the actual song sound the actual song is amazing. It's incredible. It's one of the best songs of the like alt genre. Got it. But oh. this version of the song is somehow maybe even better than that. Yeah. 
Ah. That's pretty good. I'm, I'm ready yeah. to. Go, I'm, yeah. re- I'm ready it's to go join the Guardians of the Galaxy when I hear. Where's this. Thanos? Like, yeah, John, John. Well, you know the song. Like, yeah, Colson, you can come in here. Grab the mic. Is the microphone there? Yeah. Colson can come in. Dude, it's I one of the. Well, no, we got another mic. Wildly excited for this movie. Well, of course it's. Well, I'm. I, look, Guardians of the Galaxy is delivered both times out. Like somebody said, "Oh, I thought two wasn't quite as good as one." I'm like, the tape what? scene. The tape scene. In Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is one of the greatest scenes in Marvel history. I think they're both great. They're I, I agree. Well, yes. Guardians of the Galaxy 1 was one of the most oh, surprising yeah. yes. moments. When, when they I refused announced, to go see it. When it first Because came you out, thought it was oversaturation? I, no, I was like... Who cares? Who cares about yeah. the right. stupid talking yeah, correct. tree? Who cares? Like, I didn't want to go. My son dragged me to Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I was like, okay, let's go. Spend a few minutes with my teenage son. Dude, it was unbelievable, it and I was, immediately went back and by, watched by the original. M- by Marvel standards, Guardians of the Galaxy was... Like, Marvel is already... Yeah. I know the, the, the last Ant-Man was not... No. Oof, not so, oof. I don't know why they just decided this themselves they wanted the, to make a, 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 sci- a sci-fi. Okay. It, I try to explain to people, it's just sci-fi. There's nothing else. There's no superhero to it. It's just a sci-fi flick. That's all it is. So, Marvel, but in general, our standard is up here. Right. Guardians of the Galaxy is... at. The pinnacle. I felt yeah. The, yeah. I felt about it the way that I felt coming out of the first Iron Man movie, coming out of the original Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. Like, it was just so joyful. Like, there was so much joy in going to see that first Guardian of the Galaxy. So I would be excited about this no matter what. But are you familiar with the song? Like, do yeah. you know? Dude, the, it is so electric, the way that they have well, mixed this song with all the trailer. All the music that they have done for the Guardians these, of the Galaxy yes. in particular has been with the, on a yeah. whole different level yeah. taking old songs right, right, right and bringing them back and giving them relevance again to where guys this age that's true. And my kids and that's all true. that are totally in tune with the music and they're like wait a minute that's pretty cool dude I'm telling you when <laughs> yeah. you when you if you've heard Brand, it Brandy or if I had well, Brandy was a, yeah it was a no, big if it, I had played it for you 10 years ago you would have laughed at me yeah, and, probably. and, and, and I don't this hear that. song <laughs> I don't even know what year what year was Space Hog what year would this song have come out originally uh, 94 wow. I would have guessed it was 91 I thought it was in the 80s so. yeah right um, dude it, it the song is incredible I'm telling you as a guy that worked on it at HFS like I grew up oh, listening yeah. to HFS I I, this is as good a song in the alt era as anything that ever existed. It's a perfect song. This is a an it even better it, yeah. mix of what's already a perfect song. And I'm telling you, I get like the hairs on my arms stand up when they play the trailer because I'm just like. Oh, Meanwhile, God. from a slightly more cynical perspective, yeah, think about these bands that have sort of melted into oblivion, and all of a sudden, a producer or whomever mm-hmm. goes, you know. I like this song for right. Guardians like, of the Galaxy. Some dude like me. And now, yeah. and now the royalty checks Big are just coming life. in over the transit. I don't like right now, I don't know that Space Hog could have played like Soundstage. Right. I don't know That's that they would have been able to But they're gonna like, be hey. able to next year. Oh yeah. god, I love I mean, are they <laughs> still come out in their walkers. It'll be great. I, I guess they should make sure that Space Hog is still with us at this you point. Know, I don't joke. know if that's the case. Here you guys go. All right, thanks, John. I appreciate it. Dude, I'm so excited about this. I'm telling you, man, every time I hear this trailer, it's it's like Pavlovian. I'm just so. Ah! There it is again. <laughs> Marvel's done a great job with all the music. I well, I agree like. with that. Yeah. I agree with that. But, but this one pick. in particular yes. is very exciting to me. All right, uh, Beans, let's go. Oh, let's go. Griffin is still uh, paying a, his penalty because he made a, a, quite the error at the end of Tuesday's show. 
And so because of that, he has to uh, consume some more bean boozled beans. What you got? Um, I guess this is gonna be either stink bug or or marshmallow. Ah, let's go stink bug. Cause toasted marshmallow is pretty good. Yeah. There we go, and it's. Oh God! Hey! It's, it was actually, it was actually liver and onions. Oh, okay. Oh, All right. <laughs> That's what I'm looking oh, for. That's oh, my that guy. Made, that, that made me want to sip. Yeah. Oh. Yep. That made me very happy. All right, pressboxonline.com slash offers. Baseball season is here, and for the first time in history, you can bet from your... looks like he's about to start crying, which (laughs) would be really great. It would just be really great for content reasons. Uh, For the first time in history, you can bet from your phone in Maryland. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers for the best sportsbook offers and incentives so you can start winning today. Get up to $1,000 in a deposit bonus match plus a $50 free bet with DraftKings. Just go to pressboxonline.com slash offers right now. And you have to go that route. You can't, you know, is there a code? No. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Click on the DraftKings link and take advantage of that great offer right now. Kobe Mayo is going to join us in a few minutes, and we'll get some of your responses. Are you panicked about Orioles pitching? We'll talk about that next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to birdlandsports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the birds with Birdland Sports. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com That first sip That first bite Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hartford Community College in Bel Air, Maryland, along with the National Junior College Athletic Association's Region 20, will host the 2023 NJCAA Men's Lacrosse National Championship May 13th and 14th at Hartford Sports Complex, 401 Thomas Run Road in Bel Air. Semifinals are on Saturday, May 13th. The National Championship is Sunday, May 14th. Catch the action for $10 each day. Tickets will be available in advance or at the gate on game day. Qualifying teams will be announced. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? AJ Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressbox online, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grinder. Wait. 
Did I say grinder? I don't think that you would find it on grinder. Not that I know it's on grinder or anything. I swear. On second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. All right, back in here on GCR. It is a Thursday edition of the program. If you missed it, uh, early in the week, Stan the Fan Charles Ross Grimsley caught up with author Lee Lowenfish talking about his book about sort of the death of scouting in baseball. And then coming up tonight, someone that uh, Charles and I know well, Brett Adams, Stevenson Athletic Director, will be joining Stan the Fan Charles and Gary Stein. This week, Stevenson opened up, uh, I mean, they held their grand opening ceremony for the Owings Mills East Complex. Also going to be hosting the NCAA Men's Volleyball Championships later this month. Don't, 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 don't do it. Don't get yourself. Don't stop. Stop. Um, Also going to be celebrating that, the NCAA Men's Volleyball Championship, uh, just a couple of weekends. So uh, stand up for Charles Gary Stein and Stevenson Athletic Director uh, Brett Adams tonight on Facebook Live. If you miss it live, you'll be able to catch it, youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video tomorrow. All right. So put it out there. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Are you are you closer? Which one are you closer to? Are you closer to genuinely time to be panicked about Orioles pitching? Or are you closer to yeah, it's not been great, but it's still way too early to overreact to anything. Right now, those of you that are only willing to click a button, sixty-four percent of you have said too early, which would mean thirty-six percent of you have said you're genuinely panicked. Jeez. Let me go over some of these responses from Gordo. If we weren't 500, I would be more concerned. Uh, uh, okay. 12 games in. Like, okay. <laughs> so, like, if they had lost one more game, that's the difference right now? Like, that's a little bit of a strange measurement for it. Like, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, Paul from Obilando, I picked too early to overreact. Gibson's been solid. Irvin, not so much yet. Kramer reverting to 2021. However, with a bunch of prospects about ready to be in the majors, I feel like the other shoe is going to drop soon on personnel moves and trades with starting pitching the target in return. That Stan will be in tomorrow, and that's one of the things that Stan, at the beginning of the season, said, you know, he's confident. He says he's confident that if starting pitching is the problem this year, the Orioles will make the moves necessary. Obviously, Corbin Burns is the one that kind of lingers out there that we all get a little bit titillated about when we think about. Um, I guess I'm going to have to keep saying, I, I, I'm, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm not saying they can't do that. I'm saying a team that has not yet made a single bold move to acquire a baseball player to commit to one of their own baseball. They have done nothing significant at all. I, I'm At some point, I'd like to hope they will. But I need to see it. Could they? Maybe. If the pitching really hurts them and they're, you know, eight games out in July, do they say to themselves, not worth doing this because, again, it's not going to make the difference. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think the answer is coming. We're talking about I I don't nobody's making a trade in May. Like it doesn't work no. that way. You're not getting your pitching help in May. These teams need to go a little bit deeper in the season to know their reality before they're willing to make trades. So if that's your answer, it's not coming for a long time. You're gonna have to find stability before the trade deadline. Um 
from Jay, still a little early. Outfield looks more concerning. I mean, I guess outfield defense, I get, has not been great by any stretch of imagining, but more concerning? Like, more concerning? No. I don't think I agree yeah. with that. Um, Lawrence, it's early, but it's getting closer to hitting the panic button with guys like Kramer and Perez. Regression for them was projected, but the Orioles have needed them to be just average, and they haven't even done that. I think Givens and Tate being back will ease the panic a bit, though, in uh, in the BP. In the bullpen, sorry. Yeah, I was like, what the, B- the gas station? What are we doing there? Batting practice? Yeah, I mean, what are we doing off there? Yes, in the bullpen. Uh, Justin, we have Bradish coming back, and DL needs to come up. Tate and Givens should be back. I think we should trade for a top-end starter and move Kramer to the pen. Uh, Randy, I did like this one. Randy Morgan says, now we know that when Elias said lift off from here, what he meant was the other team's bats because we wouldn't spend any real money on pitching. You know, like, <laughs> he's probably not wrong. And as uh, Orioles idi- idiot points out on Twitter, Tate's injury was actually pretty serious. We might be lucky if he's back by Memorial Day. And that is part of the yeah. equation in the bullpen. Um, this one from Chris was actually interesting to me. Uh, Chris got in and said, Glenn, obviously it's too early for anybody to be full-on panicked about anything yet. But if you ask me now, what would be the most likely reason why the Orioles are not competitive? It's obvious the answer is the pitching. So I'm clearly concerned about it, and the bigger problem is that I don't think there are internal answers that can bridge the gap until you get to John Means or until you get to a trade acquisition. So we were just talking about a couple minutes ago. Like You're still months away from that. It has to be these guys. There is no one that's going to be magically ready. Yes, D.L. Hall could come up, but there's nothing that we've seen from D.L. Hall to this point that suggests that he's going to immediately be a difference maker. These are going to have to be the guys that figure it out, and so far, that's concerning. Plus, keep in mind that when the weather heats up, the ball tends to fly off the bat a little bit more, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean... You know. Same will go for us too, I guess. You know, but yes, but, but like the Orioles' offense hasn't been the problem. Like right. the problem hasn't been their inability to score runs. They've scored runs. They've hit home runs. They've even been tagging the left field wall. I'm not ready to panic yet. I mean, I, you feel like and the, they the way, always play pa- panic. It, it, Orioles idiot followed up and said panic probably isn't the right word, and he's right. Like mm-hmm. it, I probably doomed the poll part of this by using the word panic. So panic probably isn't the right word. I would say it's time to adjust expectations. Staff will be a lot stronger when Bradish, Givens, Tate get off the DIL and Hall's promoted from AAA, but it sure looks like a team that will finish plus or minus two games of 500. I, I hear you. I hear you. That part, I would say thinking about end-of-season record is a more difficult thing for me to... Like, I would say it's entirely too early to start thinking about that. But to say, again, if things don't turn around somehow with the pitching, it's going to be very difficult to consistently beat good teams this season. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's definitely going to be very difficult to consistently beat good teams this year. Yeah, and maybe we can, you know, wait and hope there will be this year's version of Austin Voth. Obviously, Austin Voth has been terrible. Well, I mean, who um, would that but, be, though? Well, like, I, well, again, we never thought it'd be Austin I, Voth I last understand. year. So you I know, understand. they we got to tr- kind of trust them and know that they'll they'll play the say, the say, waiver wire. Okay, when you say trust them, trust like, them to like pick up an arm, pick up the right arm that fits this. I mean, bullpen. look, Danny Colomb's been yeah, Danny Colomb's been great. helpful. I mean, I don't want to oversell it, but he's yeah. been a helpful piece for this team. 
I just I can't make the assumption that that's going to solve the problem. Right. No. Is well, some because you also have Tate and Givens on the horizon. So again, for the bullpen, that's helpful. But right now, how much of the rotation are you confident? Kyle Gibson. Mostly Kyle Gibson. Yeah. Mostly. Um. You, maybe there's a chance that Grayson Rodriguez could stabilize. Like maybe. I I sure as hell hope so. How much else? You're you're hoping Bradish, you know, comes off the IL in his last year's version of Kyle Bradish, but we were hoping the same about Dean Kramer. That hasn't worked out so well. Yeah. I, I mean these guys will get I mean they all have and, and look, if inflated you're, ERAs if, right now. If you're, yeah, and, and if your answer is it it can't be as bad combined with someone's going to start pitching well at Norfolk. Someone is going to give them good innings, and whether that's a bullpen arm for you, a spot starter, whatever it is, there's going to be a hot hand that is going to come into play. I haven't even looked to see if anybody's off to a particularly good start uh, at Norfolk this season. If Bruce Zimmerman, for example, right. is off to the type of start that you could say to yourself, well, maybe he can give us some... Of course, again, try, imagine trying to sell Orioles fans on the idea that Bruce Zimmerman is going to be the answer to help yes. you with your pitching problem. Like, imagine trying to put that out there. But, you know, to the point, like, somebody might be able to help you with innings. And he was for, I mean, last month. He was the bright spot for uh, the first By the way, you know who it is that's been off to a great start? Is Spencer Watkins. Ah, Spencer well. Watkins is off, then off to a 10 innings. Eh, I say great start. He's actually, like, he's not given up that many runs, but he has put uh 15 guys on base over 10 innings it's a 1.5 whip he's not it's it's fine like he's off to a fine start drew rom is off to a very good start over 11 innings um in two starts he's been excellent um as he's put just just uh 11 guys on base over 11 innings so so what's the more likely option of improving it pulling guys up from the system or I, I, trying to well, pick I mean, off agents and well, the, the, the trade thing can't happen for months it can't happen for months. It's got to be stabilized before then. Like, it, it, yes, at some point that could be an option, but you got to stabilize the pitching internally in order to get to a point where you can consider making a trade. Hey, expert and award-winning AJ Michaels heating, AC, plumbing, and home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. AC season is coming up fast. New rebates and discounts are available. More at AJMichaels.com. Quickly, Abin, before we talk to Kobe Mayo, quickly, quickly. All right, all right, all right. Geez. Griffin's he screwed up the other day, so he's got to eat this bean boozled. All right, it's going to be either a uh, rotten egg. Come on, rotten or, egg. Or, or popcorn. Come on. Oh, yeah! Three for three. That's my. That's what I like to see. Three for three. I love that. All right, our uh, our next guest is a man who, when he makes contact, it is loud. Uh, we make our weekly trip down to Bowie to chat with a member of the Bay Sox, and our pleasure to catch up one of the, one of the Orioles' top ten prospects. Griffin's got to get himself together. He is Kobe Mayo, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Kobe, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us this morning. Yeah, it's always good to talk to you guys. How you doing? It's great, man. It's great to catch up with you. Dude, whenever the ball – has there ever been a time where the ball came off your own bat and you were alarmed by how loud the contact was? Have you ever been like, whoa, that one was loud even for me? <laughs> um, I, I would just say, like, whenever you make that kind of contact, it just – it feels – there's no better feeling. Yeah. Um, it just – it's a, it's a different – 
it's a different feeling than anything he'll ever get in life. I, I, I would say, like, that feeling is unmatched for sure. Really? Um, but, but. Okay, so let, yeah, me, let, me, let me ask that. Is, is it, it, like, if you make that type of contact and the ball happens to be caught or something like that, is it still, you know, versus maybe, you, you know, like somebody has an opposite field sort of excuse me a home run, but it, it gets out. You're saying it's a better feeling to make that type of contact, you're more excited, even if the result isn't what you wanted, than if you get a good result on a swing that you're maybe not quite as proud of. Right. I think I think uh, if you if you can get an an excuse me homer, it's always nice. But um, I think more times than not, when you crush a ball, it, you're going to get positive results out of it. So, um, you know, unfortunately, baseball is a game where you can crush balls and and not get credit for it. But um, no, it's yeah, I would rather crush a ball um, than. Uh, I mean, a homer's a homer, but um, no. But the yeah, hitting the, hitting the baseball square and and getting all of it is is the best Dude, for sure. I, it, it's going to sound so corny because like I'm going to compare it to hitting in a, a batting cage. I know that. I know that. Like when you feel like you hit the ball really well. You know, somebody would be like, "Dude, that was a that was a lazy fly ball to left field." I don't care, man. It felt good. Like it felt. Yeah. No, for sure. exactly. There's something about that, man. Uh, uh, Kobe, how good have you been feeling with that in mind? I, you know, there was so much made not only through the spring, but the start of the season with that contact that you've been making, and your exit velocity has been ridiculous. How good have you been feeling about your swing as you've been rising up through the system? Yeah, I I just think every year. You know, you you learn you learn more and more, and the Orioles do a good job of, of helping you. Um, you know, with just just becoming a better baseball player, and you know, with being getting stronger and, and learning how to use your body, and with the hitting and just everything. So, yeah, I've been feeling good, um, feel feeling good at the plate, feeling strong, feeling really confident, which is which is you know number one. You have to feel confident in the box. You yeah. Uh, good i'm ready ready to get this really going is there something in particular that you know you got a little bit of taste of this level a year ago you're back there now you've been rising quite steadily through the system is there something in particular that for you you would say hey this is what my focus is now i I, we know the answer is always consistency right like we get it like that's that's everybody's goal but is there something besides just consistency that you're uniquely focusing on as you're getting more of a taste of this level of pitching yeah, I think last year, um, coming up and after being injured a little bit when I got to Double A, yeah. um, you know, coming back, it's you know you're you're just trying to settle in. But I think this year I'm I'm settled in and I'm really confident. I think being confident in the box is is really key for me and saying like, hey, I'm I'm better than you. Looking to the pitcher, like I'm better than you. I'm gonna get you. You know, if you get me out this time, you're not gonna get me out next time that kind of mentality and and it's been it's been working and and i've been feeling really good in the box because of it and just feeling like the pitcher doesn't have anything good enough to get me out having that mentality um yeah i think that's being confident in the boxes you got to be confident you know you got to be confident or you know or the pitcher's just going to be you or more times than not he's going to be you have you noticed that like your reputation is starting to become something significant? Like you and I have talked more, you know, over the years about maybe some of the the pressure internally in this system that comes along with you know you even being, um, you know, a, a guy that signed over slot and with heavy expectations. But are you starting to notice as you've had success 
that like other pitchers are you know more aware of you and are pitching you maybe a little bit differently over the course of the last year? Yeah, I think you got to take advantage of the pitches you get that are in the strike zone. Um, <clears throat> Hitting is the hardest thing in, in all of sports, so you got to make it really simple and you got to take advantage of the pitches in the zone and you got to you know you got to do something great with it. I mean, look at look at Aaron Judge last year. He hit 62 home runs and he, right. You know, they were still people. People think that like, oh, why would you still pitch to this guy? Well, they really weren't pitching to him. He was just hitting anything in the strike zone. Yeah. You know. He would take his walks, but when he got a pitch in the zone, he would he would take advantage of it. So it's staying stingy. It's staying stingy and not chasing, which is hard to do. Um, but taking advantage of those pitches in the zone. Kobe Mayo is with us. The Bay Sox got back home this week. They'll be home throughout the course of the weekend. Tonight, happy hour at Prince George's County Stadium before the game. This weekend, uh, events also include fireworks night and Kids run the bases tomorrow, fireworks again on Saturday, and on Sunday all fans can run the bases. So if you're like Griffin and you're into your well into your 20s but yet you still dream of being a child and running the bases, you can go do that at Prince George's Stadium this Sunday with the Bowie Bay Sox. Kobe, uh, third base, um, we saw some of the plays that you were making in the spring. How much have you felt like settled there, like that's my spot? I'm I'm comfortable that that's what I'm going to be doing moving forward. Yeah, I, I do feel really good at third, and all, like a lot of the credit goes to a lot of the coaches um, at at big league camp that have helped me out a lot. And yeah, I do feel good over there. And I know it's a a loaded system and a loaded big league team with with guys who can play infield. But you know, I, I really believe that I can stick at third base. Um, you know, there's you know there's going to be some times where they're going to be like, hey, need you at first, need you need you at DH right. tonight or need you in the outfield. But, right. but you know, I'm going to let that decision come come through them, but I'm going to try and work as hard as I can to stick over at third. You're obviously, you're still a really young guy, but is there a point that you've said to yourself, like, this is my, at the major league level, I know I can be a third baseman. Like, have you had sort of a feeling or a moment where you've said, like, this isn't a debate to me. I know that skill set can carry me to play this very important position all the way to the big league level. Yeah, I mean, I think you always think that. I mean, there's never a, there's never a moment where you want to doubt yourself or tell yourself that I can't do this. Um, you always want to be confident in yourself. But like I said, there's, there's, uh, there's control in what I can do at third, but there's not control of, Sure. Who says where I play? Right. So, right. I get um, that. I'm just gonna work. I'm gonna, you gotta work hard, and you always have to believe that you can. You can play. You know the position you want. You know, so you never want it. Like, like it's just like I said with hitting. Always be confident. Um, when you're in the field, stay confident. When you're in the box, stay confident. Because um, it's a tough game. I I completely understand everything. Like you know, somebody says to you, dude. Actually, the funny thing is, we need you to be a left fielder. You're like, cool. That's always where I wanted to be. But to, yeah. I think I think the confidence is such an important thing. Like you know, this is what you are capable of doing, and it's what you're going to be able to do moving forward. And I'm starting to feel that. Um, uh, Kobe, you it's it's funny because I mentioned you're a little bit younger, but yet it really felt like very early on you got entrenched with this core group of guys that we have felt like is going to be a part of this thing as the Orioles move to being a World Series contender in the coming years. Um, you know, the Coltons and guys like that that we all feel that way about. Can you tell me about how those relationships kind of developed for you and getting connected with guys maybe a couple of years older than you, maybe at different levels, 
but how those relationships have come about and and the way that you guys feel kind of moving together yeah we already see some of these guys are already here and succeeding of course in baltimore but moving towards what really feels like a special group that's coming here in the coming years yeah i think the orioles put a lot of faith in me with you know moving up with some of the college guys early and you know, they could have easily said, hey, uh, we want to send you back to Delmarva last year, you know, the start of the season, said, hey, you're young, and, you know, we want to get you at bat like a lot of other teams do. But they felt confident, and they, they had the faith in me to go up into high A and compete with those guys. And, you know, like you said, I moved up with Colin and Norby. You know, Norby was my roommate all last year yeah. through both levels. So, um, you know, they put they did put a lot of, you know, eggs in their basket with me and, uh, felt like I could go and compete, and and I did, and I, I worked really hard. I worked worked really hard for it, and you know, you know, I, I still talk to uh, Norby and Kowser and those guys all the time, and um, you know, just working hard so I could could get up there and help you know help anyone who wants to win win. I love that. I love everything about that. All right, so the important questions that I have to get to with you, we all know you're a South Florida guy, um, yep. a, a Dolphins fan. If yep. if the Dolphins tomorrow were bamboozling everyone the entire time and they pulled off a trade and swapped Tua for Lamar Jackson, what would your reaction be? Hey, if he's a Miami Dolphin, I'm going to support whoever's going to uh, be all right, all right. on that team. All right. You're not – but you Lamar, weren't – Lamar's a, Lamar's a Broward County boy. That's you know, right. He's from, he went to middle school with my brother. So Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, he went to middle school with my brother. So that's cool. You know, he, he's from Broward County, and and yeah, we would we would support anybody. You have know, you, bring ha- him, bring him on. Have you found yourself like maybe like half rooting for him too? Like being up here, being around here, knowing how Ravens obsessed everybody is this way. Have you found yourself like almost semi adopting a second team and being like, well, I can root for Lamar. He's a South Florida guy too. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, Lamar's special to watch. I mean, he he's kind of changed the game in in, in a way and. Um, we'd like to see him stay healthy and, and you know, and get the team, yeah, you, you know, can... into the into the AFC championship and go into the Super Bowl because that's, I mean, when he got drafted, that's what that's what he said he wanted to do, and I think he's more than capable of doing that. Just got to stay on the field and, you know, keep, keep going because they just got Odell. So, I mean, they can do some things. Man, it, we are hoping, we are hoping that everybody's going to be cool and that this is all going to work out and that uh, this will just be a bad dream years from now when we were worried that Lamar <laughs> Jackson wasn't going to be in Baltimore. Uh, fastest. Yeah, it's be interesting at, what's going to happen. Dude, you, you don't know. I'm I don't it. know. It's going to be weird. Bro, Kobe, I have been running a bit on the show where we literally update a silly graphic behind me. It's a meter every day with my percentage faith that Lamar Jackson is going to be the quarterback for week one next season. Like yeah, that's, yeah. it's been a daily like ro- roller coaster for us this off season. It has been that crazy. Um, fastest exit velocity you've ever recorded anywhere. Like whether it was in a game somewhere or training, what is the number that like you, you were, you hit one time and maybe it's your life's goal to move past it at some point. Uh, this spring training during the, the Pittsburgh game during big league camp, uh, one of my doubles was a one eleven point five. Jesus. I think, I think that's, I think that's my max. I hit a ball last night, one ten point five. Oh, but I, I remember there yeah, was, it, well, there it was an out last night, but <laughs> yeah, but dude, that's, it's, you knew, you knew you made the right contact off the bat, right? Yeah, it was that type yeah, of yeah, yeah, of course. So did you have a home run that was one Oh nine in the spring too? 
Uh, no, I didn't right. hit any in the spring. But, okay. Um, I hit, I hit, I did hit a few balls. I think I hit one, one ten. I think I hit one, one eleven point five. Um, but yeah, I, I would like to see a one twelve. <laughs> Yo, I mean, we would too. By the way, for the record, we'd love to see that as well. Um, get, is is it ever hurt? Like, do you ever have a swing that like legitimately hurts your hands because it, it electrifies the bat that much? Oh no! When you hit a ball square like that, yeah. you don't feel anything. Oh, why? Just, you don't feel it's anything. Just it's just like the most pure. It's the most pure feeling you could have, dude. Now, I, it must be cool to be you. <laughs> like that sounds so awesome when you say that. I'm like, man, I would love to know what that feeling feels like to just have it be so pure and so electric. Yeah. Oh, that is, no, that's true. That is dope, man. That is so cool. Uh, what else is going on with you? Like, what are you guys doing? Um, what, what's 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 in your world on a on a Monday on an off day? What does life look like these days for Cubby Mayo? Uh, honestly, um, if I had to go grocery shopping for the week, um, for the apartment, go do that a little bit. But mostly just you know taking care of my body on the off day, make sure I'm hydrating, play some video games with either Norby. Um, or some friends from home, my hometown, okay. just kind of taking my head off baseball for a day. Um, you definitely need, you definitely need a day out of the week just to say, Hey, I'm not going to think about baseball, take care of my body for the day and, and, you know, play some video games, have some fun with some friends. What, what, and, what are you guys playing? Um, me, if me and Norby play, we'll play NHL. Okay. But if I, I play with my buddies, it's usually Fortnite, Rocket League. When you play NHL, do you always play as the Panthers? Oh, no. Me and Norby play. We play together. Okay. Like three, three versus three, like our own players. Oh, and, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. So so we play together, and we destroy some I know. I know you're a big Panthers fan. Did you ever actually play hockey at any point? Do people in, are, is there a hockey community at all in South Florida? I would say I've been, I've been a, a Panthers fan since I was really, really young. Um. The community has definitely grown okay. more and more every year um, as the team's getting better and as it's getting more exciting. And uh, But, no, I never played hockey. I, I went skating when I was younger in, like, middle school with my friends, and I would always fall. So, no, I never <laughs> skated. Dude, that was me. I was like, this is never going to be an option. I'm terrible at this. Like, I can't. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. I'd rather it. watch it than do it. I do it. I love it as a sport. And I know um, there was a, a, a Jacob Chickering, who I think plays in Ottawa, was from South Florida because I remember he and Lamar. Yeah, he's from Coral Springs. He's yeah. from Coral Springs, where I live. Yeah, he and he and Lamar were like buddies. They would like go to games together and hang out, which was a cool story. But I was like, dude, is anybody else down that way a hockey player? He's like, yeah, it's not a lot of us. I said, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. there's not. But it's if you're a fan down there, it's exciting. That's cool, man. That's cool. Kobe Mayo, um, it's so much fun to uh, to see what you're doing and uh, to catch up with you again. Of course, at Kobe Mayo X on Twitter. Uh, remind me where you're at on Instagram, Kobe. Uh, just Kobe, M-V-Y-O underscore. There just type in Kobe Mayo, you should be able to find me. Excellent. Give him a follow on there. Hey, man, continue killing it. Great to catch up with you. Thank you for hopping on with us for a couple minutes this morning. Yeah. We always appreciate it, dude. Appreciate it. Have a good one, guys. Kobe Mayo with us here on GCR. Again, the Bay Sox home this weekend. And a lot of great events. Griffin's going to go run around the bases on uh, Sunday like an idiot. BaySox.com in order to get your tickets. Actually, that's something that Drew legitimately would do, by the way. Yeah. We were joking about that with... Uh, Drew and I will go down together. We were joking about it with Jeremy on Monday. There's a famous story of Drew literally leaning in to try to get a high five right. from Brad Stevens. Yes. Straight shoot, a thing that actually occurred. I have never oversold that story. There was no, There's like... Nothing wrong with that. There was no prep... 
there was no like, dude, watch what I'm about to do. I legitimately, Drew, Luke Jones, and I were all the Butler. I don't know who they were playing. This was before they're in the Big East. It might have been Wright State. Butler Wright State basketball game at Hinkle Fieldhouse just because we wanted to go see Hinkle Field. We were in Indianapolis for the Super Bowl, and I had never been to Hinkle Fieldhouse. And so I was like, hey, Butler's at home. You guys want to go? And then we were talking about it one day, and somebody with the NFL was like, oh, well, you know, we'll take care of it. We'll get you tickets. And, you know, I, I think there are other people that want to go so we can kind of coordinate transportation for everybody to ride together. I was like, dope. We're in. <laughs> like, abs- absolutely. Let's make it happen. Um, so we're you know we're just checking out the building like we're we didn't care about the game like we're it's not like we're Butler fans or anything like that we just wanted to who s- won I'm pretty sure Butler won okay. yeah okay. that was when they were dominating whatever yeah. that was it the Horizon League that they were in was before the, they joined it, the Big East yeah, um, that's where Rice State is so yeah I, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that's the league they were in and I think they I I do for some reason think it was Wright State that they were playing that night um, but this is after they had made their final four runs this is like when they had established themselves as a program. And so we were just there to take in Hinkle Fieldhouse, which if you've never been, it's a wild place, man, because it's all this way. Like, it doesn't extend out. It looks like the largest square ever. Like, yeah, like, like it just looks like a big square. Well, and, and like the seats just go all the way to the big end of, open to the windows, corners, so yeah. like sunlight can come in during the day if you're playing an afternoon game there. Like, it's a it's a wild place, and of course everybody associates it with Hoosiers obviously, so it's sort of this legendary building. And I've been to Cameron Indoor Stadium, I've been to the Palestra, I've been to these places. I wanted to go check out Henkel Fieldhouse. So, you know, Butler's blowing out Wright State, but because we traveled with everybody, you know, all these other writers, they weren't, we were all riding a bus together, and the bus wasn't going to leave until the game was over, so we couldn't duck out early. So Luke and I are sitting there at one point, because we had great seats, we were like the third row, and Luke and I are looking around like, is Drew? Like we realize he's been gone for a little while. The hell is Drew? And we're legitimately just looking around, and all of a sudden, I look down. I'm like, dude, <laughs> and I just pointed out, and Drew is standing. It's children. It is eight year olds lined up to make. And this is some maybe a tradition at Butler. I don't know. They make a tunnel going to the hallway to the locker room, and they all lean in to high five the players, and Drew is standing in this tunnel with these children. I don't think there's anything wrong with this. He, if Drew's 60 now, <laughs> he was 50 at the time, 49, something like that, and he has just leaned in with the children. <laughs> Brad Stevens goes by. He said, I was like, dude, what the hell was that? He's like, I wanted to high-five Brad Stevens. He's cool. I'm like, all right, Doc. <laughs> do your thing. So this is the moment you and Drew go to the game on Sunday, and you guys can go run the bases afterwards at Prince George's Stadium. I'm gonna have the best time. I mean, I I actually think this is right up your alley. I think you go have a few brews and you go enjoy. <laughs> it was the Horizon League, by the way. It was. Look at me. Yeah, Look at Horizon me with League. my memory. Yes. Look at the big brain on this guy. All right, Bean, let's go. Jeez. Oh, All right. Yep. Uh, yep. Let's do it. Need a bean. Oh, that looks like bandage. I don't want to. All right, yeah. let's do this one. This one, this is either toothpaste or berry blue. All right. Well, it could be pleasant. I think it's toothpaste. Yeah, but it's not yeah, all that it's bad. It's not all that bad. All right, need you to do another one then. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I need. It's the reaction that I need. I need um, the reaction. If you eat right. five good ones, we're gonna keep doing it until we get to a bad this one. Is, I'm doing another juicy pear or booger. All right. And, uh, the last time it was booger. It was, it was juicy. It oh, was it was juicy, juicy pear. pear. So I, I, got, makes I lucked a, out. Makes a good chance of this yeah. one being a booger. Yeah. We'll see. 
Oh, yeah! Here we go. It's like salty. Oh, God. <laughs> it's salty? Well, don't you know from all your years of eating your boogers <laughs> that that's what boogers taste like? Don't you remember that? Terrible. <laughs> Love that. Love that. All right. Uh, when we come back in, um, we get to more of your responses, but also Leonard Ellerby is going to join us, the uh, CEO of Mayweather Promotions. We're going to talk about Javante Davis and you all right over there? And Ryan. Not Gar- making that face about Leonard Ellerby. Yeah. No, not no, at all. No. And Ryan Garcia, uh, one week from Saturday on a Showtime pay per view. That's on the way as we continue on a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Baseball season is finally here, and what better way to celebrate than with some fresh gear from Birdland Sports. As a small business run by O's fans, Birdland Sports offers a great selection of unofficial merchandise, including unique designs like Birds Are Coming tees, player cartoon shirts, and championship prediction designs. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. Get high-quality gear without breaking the bank. So whether you're heading to the ballpark or watching from home, show your love for the birds with Birdland Sports. Visit Birdland Sports. Sports.com today to browse their collection and gear up for the season. Let's go O's. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adelaide, Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? All right, back in here on GCR, we continue on a Thursday edition of the program. We had to do this a little bit earlier on because of his schedule, but an opportunity to catch up with a legend in the fight game. Leonard Ellerby, CEO of Mayweather Promotions, right here on GCR. Getting ready for Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia, a huge matchup for a Baltimore native next Saturday night, Showtime pay-per-view. Joining us now, the CEO of Mayweather Promotions. He is the great Leonard Ellerby, and he is with us now here on GCR. Leonard, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Thank you for having me on, Glenn. I really appreciate it. Man, you are, you, you've done so much in this business, right? Like, you have seen everything. Tell me about, you know, when you first saw Tank, when you first laid eyes on him, and how quickly did you know, like, yo, we got a superstar on our hands right now? 
Yeah, and 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 you couldn't have said it any better. Um, it was it was several years ago, and, and I was in the boxing gym in Mayweather. Um, they met with a boxing club, and that's the first thing that I, I said. That's the very first thing that I said. I mean, you know, he has everything. He he has everything, and you could see it um, even then. That and and it wasn't just glimpses of it. It was just like it's like wow. So it was just a matter of just um, putting him under your wing and 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 guiding him to where we're at today. Um, he's a tremendous fighter. Um, he he he's um, he comes from a a a background in the Baltimore area that uh, again is it's something he has a great story he has a great story and and it all started with um, the great coach Calvin mm-hmm. you know and, and them two coming up together they they've done just everything everything and at the highest level you know and so. The city, the entire city of Baltimore, should be very proud of what um, Javante has done thus far. But he's put the entire city on his back, and he'll be representing Baltimore come next Saturday night when he steps on the big stage in the biggest fight of his career against Ryan Garcia. Again, in front of the entire world. Again, it, it is just an incredible feat. And I'm just really, really excited to be part of this magical event because it's historic. You reference obviously the great Calvin Ford, the Upton Gym, and obviously what he's done for so many young men in our city and giving them opportunities through the sport of boxing and and hope over the years. He is truly an amazing person, Leonard. As you point out, right? Like, and I, you guys dealt with this with Floyd for years, where everybody said, "Oh yeah, but he's not facing the the, the most important fighters that he needs to face," and you know, they, there's there's always the, somebody who wants to knock what it is that someone's doing, and in, it's been a similar conversation with Tank, right? Where we're waiting for this fight, we're waiting. You mentioned how important this is. This really does feel like it is genuinely the biggest, most important fight of his career to this point. To say to anyone who's a doubter. Uh, okay, enough. I'm facing the guy. I'm facing an undefeated top guy. If I win that fight, there's there's nothing else that you can say at this point, right? It's... Correct. I, I mean, and, and, and you're always going to have the naysayers that are out there. You know, I personally dealt with that, you know, for umpteen years, dealing with Floyd, being at the top of the game, being the best in all of boxing, being the highest paid athlete in the entire world for a number of years you know tank hadn't quite got there yet but he's ascending to 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 where he needs to be and 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 again it's just a pleasure just watching this young man's career you know go the way that it's going you know and um him to still remain humble and and to continue to work in his craft and stay focused just like he is for next saturday night you know his focus is just unbelievable you know as we come down the stretch of um these last nine ten days um just watching him just the 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 incredible focus that that what it takes to be able to go in there and execute your game plan you know it's it's again the fans in the baltimore area should be very proud of what's about to happen excuse me next saturday night because he definitely will represent Charm City, you know, 
to its fullest and and and, and put the entire city on its back. Also, with belongs speaking along those lines. Also, he's he's done an incredible thing where he's taking some of the some of the people that he's come up with, you know, with him. Hmm. You know, we got Lorenzo um, Truck, Simpson. Truck Simpson. Yeah, you know, he's also fighting on the card. You know, his young protege. You know, they come up together. You know, so he's giving him an opportunity. Um, Coach Kenny Ellis, um, his assistant trainer underneath Calvin Ford, um, his his young daughter, um, Mia Ellis, she's also fighting on the card. And again, you know, the, these are what the things that great champions do. They they bring others along with them to elevate them. So again, I'm just very proud of him. And and again, next Saturday night, it's going to be magic. Again, Showtime pay-per-view next Saturday night, Javante Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia. We're chatting with Leonard Ellaby, CEO of Mayweather Promotions. Leonard, you mentioned Tank's focus right now, and that, and that's an important one for me, as I'm sure you understand a lot of people in this city have been concerned over the years about some of the, the different issues that Tank has dealt with and some of the maybe the chaos at times that seems to have been around him. Where is he at right now as, as a person? Because I, I think some people might argue at times his toughest opponent has been himself over the years, right? Like, where is he at? when you say focus, like personally and driven towards his goals as a boxer at the moment? I mean, he's all the way locked in. And 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 that's what you got to be when you're at the top of your game. And he has a great team around him. And so when 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 that happens, you know, because in, just in life in general, you're going to have ups and downs. And it has nothing to do with being an athlete or a, a great uh, boxing champion. In life, you're going to have ups and downs. But it's how you deal with those things, you, you know. And and he, what he's understand, what he understands is that, you know, he's had, you know, some shortcomings. You know, he's made mistakes just like any other person has has made in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, but what he's done, he's he's been able to remain focused and and understand that, you know. Where we at, where he's at in his career, in his life, and understand that staying positive and remaining focused is nothing more important than that. Because it's it's like as long as you don't repeat the same things that happen, you know the, the ups and downs, you know. So it, a lot has to do with the, the people that you surround yourself with, and he has a lot of good people around him. And I'm very proud of really that how he's matured as a young man. And um, again, come next Saturday night, we're gonna see everything on display. You know, he has a he has a a certain calmness about him that you you know that's very very important. Where he understands he's taking things in stride. And again, it just goes to show you at the level that he's operating at. And again, just really, really locked in for next Saturday night. Uh, obviously, one of the things as a fighter that's been most entertaining, he's clearly a finisher, right? He has a devastating knockout blow for a man of his size. It is wild to to see how many times he has just laid somebody out. This is a different animal, right? This is a different beast. Is Can he finish? Can he lay Ryan Garcia on the canvas next Saturday night? Well, in my opinion, like I've told everyone, there's only one outcome with this fight, and that's Javante Tank Davis knocking Ryan Garcia out. Ryan Garcia will not see the 12th round. 
and that's my prediction. And I'm pretty solid with my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. I'm gonna run to the. I'm gonna run to the counter right now. I'm gonna put them. Actually, we can do it on our phone now in Maryland, which I like. So I'm gonna go do that. I'm gonna say I heard it from Leonard Ellerby, and that's a man I know I can trust. Again, Javante Davis taking on Ryan Garcia next Saturday night, Showtime pay per view. Um, uh, Leonard, one of the things that was so wonderful for us here in Baltimore a couple years back, I actually ended a vacation early to come back to see the fight at what was then known as Royal Farms Arena uh, here in Baltimore, and it was one of the most magical nights I've ever experienced in this city. I mean, right? People standing on top of people. I mean, whatever that building holds, there were, I think, 5,000 more people in there that night than the fire marshals were okay with. Um, the the building's been redone. It's beautiful. It reopened last week. It it looks great. It is modern now. It's incredible. Is there any chance that maybe down the road we might see Gervonta return to Baltimore in a beautiful new building in order to fight in front of his hometown fans? Most definitely. I mean, that actually, that's one of the things that he's talked about. <clears throat> Obviously, his last fight was in Washington, D.C., yep. yep. which was just down the road, you know, and he made a decision to go there. You know, it was a great opportunity to, um, for even for the fans of Baltimore, to, to, you know, yep. drive up with the fans and, and just in the DMV area. You know, it, it was an incredible turnout. And again, Tank does what did what he does. You know, and, and it was a it was a a spectacular performance. You know, um, but it gets no bigger than what's getting ready to happen next Saturday night. And he's definitely indicated to me that he's he would love to come back to the Baltimore area to do, you know, to put on a, a dynamic performance in front of his hometown fans. And I, I expect that to happen in the very near future. Oh, that would be it would be electric for us. It would be absolutely awesome to have that happen. All right. If there's anything that Tank needs to worry about about Ryan Garcia, like as someone who has studied the fight game for forever. What what does he need to be aware of? What can we, how can we intelligently as fans watch the fight unfold? And what should we know about Ryan Garcia besides the fact that obviously he's undefeated? He is, you know, he's proven himself up to this point as well. Ryan Garcia is a terrific fighter. And, and he, he has, he's, he's bringing everything to the table. And this will be Tank's toughest challenge uh, up to date. And, but I expect him to, to pass in flying colors. It could because you know he's um, he's had a great camp led by again coach, coach Calvin Ford and Coach Kenny Ellis. You know um, he's had terrific preparation, and so he's just ready to go come next Saturday night. And and he knows that again um, Ryan Garcia will be his toughest foe to this point. But again, is that Tank is a complete fighter and he can do it all. And that's that's going to create all kinds of problems for Ryan Garcia come next Saturday night because Ryan Garcia has never seen anything like Javante Tank Davis. You, you because Tank Davis is he's special. Well, there's no question about that. There's no doubt that's true. You mentioned earlier that like maybe he's not at the Floyd level yet, but do you feel like winning this fight, like that that doing the thing that everybody keeps asking, facing the top guy? And winning it could elevate him into that territory moving forward. Of like he's already a star, he's always an, already an international star. But that 
almost kind of superstar and that transcending sports pop culture figure moving forward winning a fight like this most definitely and that's a great point that you made is that because ryan garcia brings so much to the table he has a a total different fan base you know and so when you bring these two fan bases together you have nothing but a big explosion you know and by these you got two young undefeated fighters and they're fighting in their prime on the big stage on showtime pay-per-view the network that's put on the biggest events yep. in the history of the sport, you know, um, you know, all of Floyd's events, you know, um, Showtime um, has um, has put those events on. And that's why that's what separates, you know, Tank from the other fighters in boxing, especially in his division, because he's fighting on the big stage. This this fight right here is the biggest fight in all the boxing at this point, you know, for this year in, in 2023. And again, Tank will be looking to put on a dynamic performance. And, you know, he's really, really excited. You know, these last few days coming down the stretch, they can't come fast enough. And that's normally how a fighter feels. It's like they just can't wait to step up in the ring and and and, and really show off. Yep. Show up and show out, as, no. we, as we say. Well, we're looking you know, and, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing him put on that show. That's what we're looking forward to next Saturday night. Hey, Leonard Ellerby, before I let you go, because I'm looking at that background behind you, when you hear two young people get into like a LeBron James, Michael Jordan debate, how quickly do you jump in and say, hey, there's another name I'd like for you guys to know about? That, that's happened often. Yeah. Because Lenny Bias was, you know, may he rest in peace. Um, he was that guy. He was, he was that He was that guy. And, and, as we say, if you know, you know. Yeah. Poetry. If, if you know, yes. Poetry, man. It, it's absolute poetry. During the pandemic, ESPN showed that famous game in the Dean Dome. And oh, I think God. the country got to understand what it was that we missed, unfortunately, sadly, when uh, Yeah, Lenny was different. Oh. Lenny was definitely different. Uh, Leonard Ellaby, a pleasure, man. Of course, next Saturday night, Showtime pay-per-view. Gervonta, Order now. Gervonta Tank Davis, Ryan Garcia, and as Leonard mentioned, uh, Truck Simpson's on the card. It's going to be a special night for Baltimore. Yeah, Ellis. Yeah. Yep, no doubt, man. Leonard Ellaby, a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for taking some time for us this morning. We really appreciate it. Best of luck moving forward with Tank, all right? Thank you. And, and again, one last thing. Tell the fans that order now. Don't wait till next week. Order right now. Showtime pay-per-view. Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia. That's next Saturday night, April 22nd for Javante Davis and Ryan Garcia, which is a very big fight, um, very costly, very pricey fight, as we talked about last week. Um, but obviously the biggest fight to this point, I think, in Javante Davis's career. That is not just a promoter saying something. That is legitimate. Um, it is a huge, huge fight next Saturday night on Showtime Pay-Per-View. Appreciate Leonard Ellerby taking the time for us. All right, uh, Bean, let's go. Let's go. Um, all right, let's see if I can get a new flavor here, maybe. Oh, no. This is uh, going to be dead fish. Or, oh, yeah. Or strawberry banana smoothie. Well, oh, actually, boy, there couldn't be a bigger disparity. I, that's, I think that's the worst one. Right? Uh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Damn it. Yes. Do it another one. Oh, another one. Another one. I can't have a, a good taste another, in my mouth. Preferably another one of the same flavor. Preferably. Uh, what you got? It. Um, all right, let's go. I'll go with another red one here. Yeah. 
which is going to be old bandage or uh, pomegranate. Uh-huh. Uh, I just want to savor got, this strawberry. You got you know? old bandage last time, so I'm afraid this one might be pomegranate. Yes. Damn it. Yes. I got to make a phone call. Oh, oh, get the <laughs> hell out of here with that. <laughs> Griffin's trying to, we have to have him pay his penalty for uh, the mistake that he made the other day. Hey, BirdlandSports.com. Uh, right now, I said yesterday, I got the Hydration Station shirt. They also have the Slug Then Chug Homer Hose shirt available. And now they have also added a third. I don't know if this will uh, show up the way that I want it to on uh, the video. They have added the script O's, but the O is now a hose, which is really great with the, uh, the funnel at the end of it. So if you're enjoying the Homer hose, if you're enjoying the Orioles' hydration efforts, and of course, as I said the other day, we're not going to say the other thing because we want it to stick around. If you're enjoying it, celebrate it by getting to birdlandsports.com and getting your very cool, very fun T-shirts. They're all available right now. Again, birdlandsports.com. And all of those related to the hose are all on sale for $17.49. Which I promise you, you're not getting any T-shirts when you're at the team store. When Griffin was there last night, you're not getting your T-shirts for $17.49. That ain't no, happening. No, I was not. Yeah. So go to birdlandsports.com. Quality still is good. Price is cheaper. It's for Birds fans, by Birds fans, and a lot of really cool new designs available this week, again, at birdlandsports.com. So this week we've been trying to get to know the Ravens' new receiver. The Ravens are going to introduce him at a press conference here in just a little bit more than an hour. But we've been catching up with some folks that know Odell Beckham, and this man's perspective is great because the last really good season that Odell Beckham had was with this guy as his head coach and Todd Munkin here in Baltimore as his offensive coordinator. So I'm really looking forward to getting his perspective. He is, uh, as I mentioned, the former head coach of the Browns. He is now tight ends coach and run game coordinator at North Carolina. He is Coach Freddie Kitchens, and he has joined us this morning here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn in Baltimore. Really appreciate you taking the time for us. Thanks for doing this this morning. Yeah, no worries, Glenn. Man, I'm glad to do it. You know, hope you guys are well. We're well. We are. We're excited. Um, I would say we're cautiously excited, right? Because. You know, it's been a little bit of an up and down last couple of years for Odell. Your, you know, season together in Cleveland, I, I know you guys would have preferred a few more wins, but it was very fruitful for him. You know, tell me about what it was that you knew about Odell coming into that. Obviously, he was a man with a reputation. And what was the experience like for you being his head coach? Well, you know, Odell, when he first got there, you know, his reputation um, proceeded itself. And, uh, but at the end of the day, he wanted to be just one of the guys. And, and uh, you know, I was very impressed with Odell's work ethic. Um, you know, the, the the best thing about what he did when he was with us in Cleveland, or at least when I was there, um, you know, the guy wasn't able to prepare in the offseason because he was dealing with an injury. Um, we thought it had gotten better, and he re-injured it in training camp. So, really never really had much timing with the quarterback and he still was able to go out and produce the way he did. You know, I think he had over a hundred thousand yards receiving, mm -hmm. um, played hurt all year. And I think, you know, in the national football league, you've got to be able to play hurt and, and perform at a high level, uh, when you're not always a hundred percent. And I think he did a great job of doing that. Uh, it's funny because you know that there will be people that will describe someone like Odell Beckham as a diva, right, or a, a, 
a prima donna. And I sometimes laugh when somebody brings that up. I'm like, right, well, that's we just call those wide receivers um, in the NFL. Like that's that's the way that it works. But it sounds like the experience that you had for all the media attention he gets, for all of the you know the pop culture figure that he is. And in talking to other guys, it sounds like within the locker room, that's not what you dealt with. Well, I just think you have to preface everything uh, dealing with, uh, you know, first of all, the perception of receivers is not always reality. Reality is uh, sometimes in between perception and, and what's really going on. And then, uh, you know, I've, I learned from Bill Parcells where he told you, just tell me what's on tape. And uh, what's on tape was pretty good, you mm-hmm. know. Now, did he always have his timing down with the quarterback and all that? No, but he was able to produce at a high level. He played hurt. Uh, when he could practice, he did practice. And, uh, you know, I thought he, he did an exceptional job of trying to block out the noise around him and just playing football. And uh, I think his success rate showed that. You know, he, he got knocked a little bit by – I don't know what you expect of the guy. He had 70-something catches and over 1,000 yards receiving. So I don't know uh, what it is he could have done. He did all that injured. So, um, you know, and and he had surgery after the season was over. So, you know, uh, my experience with with Odell was fine, and it was good. It was a good experience. We just didn't win enough games. um, And he would have liked to have changed that just as I would have and everybody involved in the organization. But anytime you start dealing with a perception that the media creates with him, then uh, I think you just got to look at what's on tape and, and make your own judgment. Man, if we can get 70 catches and 1,000 yards in Baltimore this season, Coach, we might have a parade. Uh, we might be that excited about it. Coach Freddie Kitchens with us on GCR. Coach, um, when, when you found out like that he was going to be reuniting with Todd Munkin, um, knowing what they were able to do together, what, what was your first sort of reaction to the idea of Odell and Todd working together again? Well, I think first and foremost, you know, uh, you know, Todd's had experience with Odell, and he knows what he can do. He knows what he's good at. Knows what maybe he struggles a little bit with, uh, and things like that. So Todd would do it. Todd's an excellent football coach. He will do a great job of putting him in positions to be successful, and um, you know, and, and Coach Harbaugh does a tremendous job there on getting his teams ready to play and play the type, the style of football that wins football games when the weather gets bad, when the weather's nice. Um, you know, the physicality that Baltimore plays with will always be the case as long as Coach Harbaugh is there and, uh, and Todd can put Odell in position to be successful. So, uh, you know, his, him knowing him, knowing how he is as a person, knowing how he is as a player and uh, how hard of a worker he is, um, I, you know, I think it's a great, great situation for him. You feel like maybe he might have a bit of a chip on his shoulder this year to try to prove something. Like I, again, I, he's got to be healthy. That's the biggest important part, right? Like I don't know exactly where he is. We'll not know that until we see him on the field. But do you feel like, you know, given the fact that teams didn't necessarily want him, do you feel like that could lead to an energized, prove it type of Odell Beckham this season? Well, let me. I would just say this. Uh, Guys in, in the National Football League, most of the good guys play with a chip on their shoulder no matter what sure. the situation is. Sure. Um, you know, it's never good enough for them. It's never uh, a great situation. The relaxation doesn't come until after you're done playing, um, and then you miss it. So chip on their shoulder, yeah, but I think Odell probably plays like that, uh, played like that from the very beginning. Probably played like that at LSU in high school. Guys like that that – 
you know, the, the difference between being great and elite is very small. And sometimes you need that chip on your shoulder to get you there. So I think, um, I think he definitely will have a chip on his shoulder, but I don't think that's uh, not uncommon that what he has always played. I think it's fair. Uh, let me go back to Ty Monk if I could for a second, Coach, because one of the things that everybody I've talked to has said to me about him is he he's not going to force his you know system on somebody else. He's going to walk in and see what you guys have and craft an offense that makes sense. Did, what was your experience like with Todd Munkin as a coordinator, and what do you think in general, Odell or not, he's bringing to the Baltimore Ravens now? Well, I think think Todd, first and foremost, is an excellent football coach and and uh, is an excellent teacher. All coaches are just uh, extenuated teachers from a classroom setting to on the field where you get real-time results. And uh, Todd's an excellent teacher in that way. Uh, he, he's, got, he's very versatile from the standpoint of, of how he coaches. Different players require different coaching. Uh, the systems he's been in, involved in several different systems. Um, so Todd, Todd will put those guys in great situations to be successful. Um, Todd Munkin's one of the best football coaches I've been around, and uh, he was with us in Cleveland. He was at Georgia, and he's going to be there in Baltimore as well. Do you think that we could read into the idea? You know, the Ravens. Obviously, you you saw it up close and personal in 2019 when they were run, 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 run. And that's what they've mostly been. Do you feel like maybe with, with now bringing in an Odell Beckham to work with you know Lamar, who we assume is going to be back now, and a Todd Munkin, we might see that it, it makes sense to you that perhaps the Ravens' offense might not be quite as run-dominant as it was in the past? Well, I, I think that Todd, uh, Todd will determine what gives them the best chance to win. And, and uh, you know, Coach Harbaugh, being able to lean on Coach Harbaugh with the overall perspective of the whole team, They'll come up with a good plan, a good situation on a week-to-week basis, and uh, whatever they feel like the best gives them the best opportunity to win. That's what they'll do. So that may switch back and forth week to week, or uh, it may stay consistent one way or the other. But as far as what they're going to do on offense, I have no idea. You guys are in good hands <laughs> with uh, a couple of guys there with Coach Harbaugh and and, and Todd that. Um, that make that determination. And I know you got your own problems to deal with in North Carolina and getting ready for your own season. I get that. Um, Coach, can, can you tell me what it's like to, to game plan for and prepare for a Lamar Jackson? Like, we, we, this is a unique perspective that we haven't been able to get a, a lot. But, you know, in, in going back to that year and what a magical year it was for us, obviously, here in Baltimore, wh- what was it like to have to try to get ready for Lamar Jackson and to go up against him? Um, when he is at the you know the highest of what he's capable of. Well, I think you know uh, Lamar is an elite player in the National Football League, and, and all those guys are sort of the same from the standpoint of your your whole game plan is centered around those guys. And even when you somewhat stop those guys to a certain extent, uh, they're still able to beat you with one play. And I think he falls into that mix. So you can game plan against them all they want, but they're good for a reason. They're elite for a reason. Um, and then not to mention the opportunities it opens up for other people. No, there's, I mean, my God, it's, we've seen it over and over again over the years. It's been a joy to watch. I, was there ever a time when you were around Odell that he did something that you sort of said, man, there's only a few human beings. that can, That's the reason why we wanted him here. There are not other human beings that can do what he just did. Well, I'll tell you, he's a, a tremendous route runner from the standpoint of sticking his foot in the ground and creating separation. Uh, his hands are are very very good. Um, he, his hands are at an elite level. Um, 
you know, he made a couple catches in games uh, for us uh, that you that that reminded you of the one that he's known for. Yeah. You know, uh, the one in the, with the Giants. So, um, so yeah, there's times from from time to time you'd see him and you'd be like, wow, that's what a receiver is. So, uh, you know, he's definitely special, and uh, some of the characteristics that he's carrying with him uh, just continue to rise uh, per se. And you know, he's having a hell of a year and in LA, you know, right, when, he, right. when he got injured. And, uh, you know, so I think, you know, he went for a couple of, listen, Odell's Odell, and he went for a couple of years there with with some injuries that he played through. And uh, sometimes that doesn't get celebrated enough. You know, I know what he went through to get through the season for us in Cleveland in 19, and for him to come out with the year that he had. Um, you know, nobody really ever talks about that, you know, so – um, you know, Odell's going to be just fine. Can, can I just uh, before I let you go, Coach? But you just brought up there are people that would say, "Hey, Odell, it like statistically appeared to have been on the decline even before he got hurt in the Super Bowl." But what you just said, like he was such an important part of that run the Rams made, and he looked in that playoff run like Odell Beckham again. Do you feel like it was less? It wasn't that he was on the decline, maybe from a talent perspective, as much as it was just an injury situation, maybe whatever he was going through after you had left. I know there was a bit of a quarterback issue there in Cleveland, but like, did you feel like he showed in that stretch in LA what he was still capable of and what he might still be capable of now in Baltimore? Well, I don't, you know, I've never gotten into too much about uh, perception and listening to outside voices that really don't know the game. And uh, I just know, I just see what's on tape and I see what, the results are uh, the results in 2019 is we went six and 10, but the results for Odell Beckham is he had 70 some catches and a thousand yard receiver. So I don't know what, I don't know what uh, people factor in a good year, bad year, decline, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I look at it on a game to game basis and I see that he's producing, he's productive on a consistent basis. He went to LA, he was productive on a consistent basis. And then he had the knee injury and, uh, so I don't know. I don't buy into the he's on a decline kind of stuff. I, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure you're going to get the best uh, version of Odell Beckham this year. Everything good with you, Coach? How's everything in North Carolina? Oh, I'm doing great, man. It's beautiful down here. Uh, it's a great, uh, great uh, school, great environment. Um, working with Coach Brown has yep. been a blessing. And uh, it's really, really a great situation. What a legend to be around every day. I've had a couple conversations with him. He's a special human, man. That's a, it's a really cool thing to be around him. Uh, Coach Freddie Kitchens. He really is. And yeah. He really is. And he practices what he preaches. And uh, it's, uh, it's, a nice, it's a nice change in our profession. Sometimes you don't always get what you, you think you're getting. Wow. So it's wow. been great. Uh, by the way, not, it, doesn't, it doesn't hurt to have a pretty good quarterback. Uh, I know. Uh, that, <laughs> that makes life a little. That's always good. Right. <laughs> Makes life a little easier when that's the case. Hey, uh, Coach, really appreciate you doing this this morning. Thanks for hopping on with us, giving us some perspective about the newest Baltimore Raven. Really enjoyed the conversation. No worries, man. Appreciate you guys, man. Absolutely. Good luck to y'all. Thank you. Coach Freddie Kitchens uh, with us here on GCR with some uh, good perspective about uh, what the Ravens are getting in uh, Odell Beckham and, um, you know, his willingness to play through injuries and and fight through that and – you know, partner that with what Mark Ross told us about him as a teammate yesterday. Uh, I think it paints a bit of a different perception than maybe some people have about Odell Beckham. And look, I somebody wanting the ball, that'll never bother me. 
in my life, I will never be bothered by a, a football player who wants the ball more. You'll never get me to get angry about that. They all do. Every single, even the ones that stink want the ball more. I get it. If that's the biggest problem that you deal with, you don't have problems. Legitimately. That's not a problem. Every, they all want the ball more. Every single one of them. If aside from that, he's helping his teammates, giving advice, trying to work with them to understand the game plan, all of those things, I do really think it matters. Todd Munkin wanted more with Odell Beckham. Todd Munkin had experienced it before and said, yes, yes, sign me up for another opportunity to work with that dude. And I think that's about as strong a testament as you could ask for. And it's interesting, right? Like, it's interesting listening to Freddie. Freddie Kitchens didn't have to do this interview with us. He doesn't know us. He could have said, thanks, I'm, I'm good. I'm working down at Carolina. They, they'd probably rather I didn't. In fact, when I told Griffin to try him, I was like, I'm going to guess he probably can't because, you know, he's got a job at Carolina now, and they'll probably be like, yeah, don't do that. He didn't have to do that. But he decided he wanted to come on and tell us about his experiences with Odell, Be- Odell Beckham. No connection to here. Got his brains beat in by the Ravens that season. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate him taking the time. All right, when we come back in, fighting words, tidbit, tubular. we got to get to all of that before we wrap up for the day. You can bet baseball on your phone for the first time ever here in the state of Maryland. So take advantage of great offers and incentives as you do it by going to pressboxonline.com slash offers. Get five second-chance bets at from PointsBet when you deposit and bet your first $50. In order to take advantage of it, though, you got to go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers to claim that incentive and so many more. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Harford Community College in Bel Air, Maryland, along with the National Junior College Athletic Association's Region 20, will host the 2023 NJCAA Men's Lacrosse National Championship May 13th and 14th at Harford Sports Complex, 401 Thomas Run Road in Bel Air. Semifinals are on Saturday, May 13th. The National Championship is Sunday, May 14th. Catch the action for $10 each day. Tickets will be available in advance or at the gate on game day. Qualifying teams will be announced. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com That first sip That first bite mm, Starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right. Thanks again to Freddie Kitchens for joining us, as well as to Leonard LRB. Appreciate those conversations. We are winding down here on a Thursday edition of the program. But before we do, we need to get to fighting words. Prince Charles is here. He's got to let us know what's going on in the world of combat sports. And, um, you know, a pretty big weekend, I guess. <laughs> I had a couple people bring up. I didn't. I was not aware Odell Beckham was at the fight on Saturday night. A lot of there NFL were a ton players. of NFL yeah, players. Yeah, I was. Well, what I was not a person there. Yeah, what I was not particularly aware of. There's apparently like video of him going over to shake Donald Trump's hand, and then like there are some Ravens fans that saw it and were like, "No, I don't know about." It. I'm like, dude, you know, whatever your opinions are about that, and I get it. Like, I I understand. I I don't. I'm not going to say that I'm going to judge Odell Beckham by whether or not he's willing to shake the hand of the former president of the United States. I'm not going to do anything with that. He and Joe Burrow apparently went over to greet um, Donald Trump at one point during the night. Now, I think there were other things about the the spectacle that were gross, but that yes. that you're not going to get me to care, no matter how you feel about it. I, and I mean that. If you hate Donald Trump, you've got to be above trying to hold... I, I don't... This is not for me to... Again, I'm not. I'm not going to start doing a political show. Somebody was mad at me because I was getting after Andy Harris the other day, <laughs> dude. There is no justifying him. His free speech feelings. There is no justification behind it. There are a lot of people. There's no justification behind it. I will. I'm not. I'm not interested in doing a diatribe about Donald Trump. I'm telling you, I don't care that Odell Beckham went over and shook Donald Trump's hand. That will never. That will never bother me. You'll never get me to be bothered by that. It can't happen. Now, that being said. Is that a challenge? Should we try to get him bothered? Right. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, it really uniquely to that. Like, it's not going to bother yeah. you. That being said, it was a big night of fights. What do we need to know? Um, I'm going to start with uh, continuing with uh, Leonard Ellerby. Leonard Ellerby no, 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 earlier. Start, start oh. with the fights because I set it up that way. Okay. I set up the conversation. This is a broadcasting thing. You got to go with where I took you. Gotcha. All right? Gotcha. Okay. We're trying to teach Charles. We're working on uh, it. It's because I have my own setup. Already I I, un- I understand, so. but you got to operate with on the fly. I, I guess. Yeah, I. Yeah. This is where I gave you. You got to go with that. Got you. Yeah. All right. Um. So yeah, they were in Miami this past weekend. Um. The main event was a performance of the night. Uh. Israel Adesanya pulled it out the fire. He made it three one. Now it's now three one. Um, and we don't need to do this anymore, right? Like this, I mean, it's he. Uh, Pereira just announced this morning that he's yes. moving up to light heavyweight. Okay, so but he did say done. he's not ruling out a trilogy with uh, a UFC trilogy. I guess this would be the fifth fight ever. Over, but right, yeah, right, but yeah. yeah. But the, uh, yeah, so if they did it again, it would be for a super fight uh, with the middleweight and light heavyweight titles up. 
poor. Um, they could just do a yeah, or just another. But they could just do a, maybe, maybe they, they could do a catchweight fight. There's a lot of things you yeah. could do. You could do a lot of yes. things. I think the only way it happens again is if two belts are on the line. Really? You think so? Yeah. I feel like they. But I feel you, like if you, they, 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 six on, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. The UFC doesn't allow for that. You can't fight for both belts at the same well, time. Each each person yeah, yeah. would have to have yeah. a belt. I think that's what I'm saying. So like one of them would. But come, then it would like be Izzy for, would come then it would be for, Izzy wouldn't come. Israel would have the middleweight. Pereira would have the light heavyweight. But that doesn't actually make sense to me because then you would. They can still do the trip. I mean, they're one and one in the UFC. That's which is the way the UFC is. I would. Pitch I would it. say it would almost make less sense if they both have belts. It would make less sense because then one person is putting their belt on the line and the other person I mean, I guess, isn't. I guess it would be uh, like interesting if, in like, say, you know, two or three years, Pereira is the light heavyweight champ and then Izzy I, is still like I, somehow. I the hear you. It's but like, wait, how but does yeah. it? How does it make sense for one per, for decide? They could. It, it would make more sense to me for it to be a non-title fight if you're going to do it again just for the sake of having them, yeah. you know... Like they did the Jorge Masvidal on the I think, correct. The yeah. belts give it that super fight status. I, so, I, I think you know. you're thinking about it like in a WWE way, which, by the way, might be exactly the way that yeah. UFC yeah. thinks about it, but in the world where it's supposed to be a legitimate sporting competition, title fights are supposed to matter. Like I They're think, supposed to be for the title, and if you're fighting with two people being champion but only one belt can be at stake, which one of them is saying... Yeah, I'll I'll put my belt at stake, but you don't have to put yours at stake. Like that. Yeah. I think if Pereira were to become a light heavyweight champ, that would add value to it. And then, like, say two years from now, he is the light heavyweight champ. Israel's the middleweight champ. He's still now strung along three, four more title defenses. You can now present the case of they're fighting for. Izzy's fighting for the light heavyweight champ, and honestly, at that point, probably. Goat status if he has three, four more. But then I would just call it a non-title and then fight. He could, what I, would yeah. do. I would just call it a non-title fight and just make it about that. Make it about the other stuff. And they could also, in six months, they could run this back. I feel like, sure, and of course, and, and without somebody, be without just, there being a belt, right? Yeah. I, I, and then, and then, Pereira can do his move up. Whether okay. he wins or loses, he can do okay. his move up to light heavy. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of things for both of them. Um, Pereira, he can now that he's announced this move up to light uh, heavyweight, he can avenge his training partner and good friend Glover, um, who just recently lost a. Jamal Hill, um, and also Eugene Behrman's, uh, who is Israel Adesanya's coach. He's been doing some interviews after the fight, and he also uh, hinted at maybe a Jamal Hill-Izzy um, uh, fight uh, with Adesanya going back up to light heavyweight to try again. He really? tried initially against Jan Blahovich and lost in a decision. Um, but is, Izzy's coach is, is pushing Cause, that? Because, I mean, really? when you look at uh, the current middleweight rankings, Izzy's yeah. cleared out the division. He's, by definition... He's beat one through five. You can see Rob, Robert where Next is six. He, and he had very uh, spicy and uh, interesting things f- to say for the number six uh, contender in middleweight. Uh, he's Drickus Duplessis. He's from South Africa. Basically said he's going to drag his body across okay. South Africa. His carcass, All right. specifically. For, yeah, they're fighting for Africa, I guess. It's what okay. What uh, I mean, I'm sure. Izzy knows how to sell a fight. Yeah, I like Adesanya. I do. I, I like him as a fighter. I didn't watch the fight on Saturday night, but I like him as a fighter. And, and you know, it's a shame there isn't something that I really want to see necessarily for him to do. Like, I, it's a bummer yeah. that there isn't that guy that exists for me that would uh, draw me out to see him. Uh, obviously, wasn't the only important thing that happened on Saturday night. The uh, co-main event was pretty significant as well. Yes, um, Jorge Masvidal. Uh, he went up against uh, Gilbert Burns. Well, I should start with Gilbert Burns. He was the one who won. Yes. Uh, unanimous decision. Uh, two twenty-nine, twenty-eight, but it was really a thirty twenty-seven. Um, Gilbert Burns hurt Masvidal at one point in every round. Um, controlled him, took him down, kind of just did his thing. Uh, Masvidal alludes, alluded to it uh, in the post-fight uh, pr- uh, kind of interview. 
that he just feels slower. It's just not feeling the same way. Kind of bummed out. Rules out the opportunity to see him against Kevin Holland. They kind of yeah. set that yeah, up. Yeah, Holland the, wanted it. In the two week, fights before. In the you know press leading up to it, but um, great career. I mean, I mean, for for what it's worth, that can change. Let's right. also be yeah. fair about that. Okay. That can change. It definitely can change. But for what Masvidal's done in his last four fights, fought Usman twice, fought uh, Colby Covington, and then he fought Gilbert Burns. Those are the best yeah, those are the top Walter three. Waits in the world. So, I mean, he's he's had a long career and a like a, a journeyman s career, but he made his money and and he's got one of the most. He's got maybe the most iconic knockout in UFC history. Like, let's I would see, say so. The Ben Askren. Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. So, yep, yep. He's, no. he's immortalized. Yeah, you know. No. You know, sure, absolutely, all of those things. I don't know. The whole thing left a Rest. pretty bad yes. taste yeah, in my exactly. mouth. So, yeah, like, I'm not really, I'm not really interested in all saying all that much about it. But yes, a hell of a fighter. There's no question about that. And a hell of a career. No, a legend, a true, absolute legend. If if this really is it for him, a, a truly legendary figure mm-hmm. in the sport. All right, now you wanted to follow up on Leonard Ellerby. Um, yeah. So. Uh, basically, I had um, Gervonta's prediction. Um, he's doubling down on uh, what he's been saying uh, all along. He's going to put uh, Ryan Garcia out on April 22nd. Um, they're putting both their undefeated records on the line, so we're just waiting clo- uh, very patiently to well, see. And, and, and just we'll, a week we'll, out we'll talk. We'll talk more about it next week, obviously. Was, what did he say? Did he say something? What did he say? Specifically, he... Um, he said he doesn't bring any concern for me uh, to need to change up my game plan. I don't want to sound cocky. Uh, I wouldn't know until I get in the ring with him. His movement, his hand speed. I'll fill him out. I'll feel him out overall. Break him down by mis- by his mistakes, and then we'll get get him out of there. So okay, okay. I saw that Ryan Garcia called him dumb and easy to trick. Was something that I saw this week. So mm-hmm. they're both doing going out of their way to try to sell a fight, yeah. which is good because. You got to convince people to pay seventy five dollars for it. You better be going out of your way to try to sell a fight. So, um, another boxer trying to sell a fight, uh, based off their recent success, uh, Shakur Stevenson. He won this past weekend, mm-hmm. and he took the win to, um, kind of make some comments himself, uh, exposing Javante Davis, um, and his quote unquote sparring lies. He said, um, "What?" Javante recently claimed that uh, he hurt Stevenson in a spar and a sparring uh kind of a encounter that they've had uh both through training and stevenson furiously denied saying uh even with sparring this dude is a liar uh why did you ever do to me and what did you ever do to me in sparring he may have had landed a good shot but he never hurt me never buzzed me i landed good shots on him too that's i just wanted to clue that because it sounds so funny it's like well you hit me while I hit you. I mean, this is a, everything about this is a little bit strange, but the, but the stranger part of it is, like, I don't think there is a chance that we can get a Javante Davis-Shakur Stevenson fight, right? Like, there's... Shakur Stevenson is ESPN. He's tied in with top rank, right? Like, I don't think there's even... like it, You're trying too hard a little bit on this one. It feels like somebody around him has got to say, like, dude, it's it's not going to happen. Like, stop. We know Shakur Stevenson had, had talked about wanting to do a Javante Davis fight before, but I, I, I thought my understanding was like there's just no world in which those those parties can line up in order to make something like that happen. So it's almost kind of silly to continue the diatribe. Like what, or may, or maybe it's his way of saying like I can run my mouth because I never have to worry about being shut up. Like I'll never, knowing that I'll never actually fight him, 
I can say whatever the hell I want to say about him in order to pump myself up because he'll never be able to shut me up. Like, maybe it's the opposite of that, which is do it for clout because you know you never have to worry about what the en- the penalty could end up being. That's yeah. an, It's just weird that there's... I, look, man, you know, it would be a huge fight, obviously, but I just think that the, the powers involved would not be... I mean, it's Showtime on one side, ESPN on one the other side. Mm-hmm. Have we seen these fights ultimately happen? Yes, but typically later in someone's career when there's less to risk, they're willing to do something like that. I Shakur Stevenson's probably the biggest fighter that ESPN has at this point. Like, I mean, they just have like these kind of semi-regular top-ranked cards. It, uh, they got Crawford. Um, Is Crawford on there? Okay. Yeah, he's on top rank. Um, I just don't think that ESPN can risk Shakur Stevenson... Is Devin Haney top right? Oh, you know Devin Haney is, isn't he? Isn't he? They I think have you're a good right roster. about that. I, maybe he's banking that ESPN would just dump him, know. thinking yeah. like, oh, we don't need him. I don't think that's the case. But so then, then you're not making ESPN, money. ESPN oddly has like, it, for you know, the, the ironic part is that ESPN really has put a lot into these sort of Saturday night fight cards after college basketball season ends, mm-hmm. um, especially because they can tie it in with the the UFC prelims. Mm-hmm. Go directly from UFC prelims right into a top oh, rank card. This Haney Loma, they're gonna really push. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, I, I don't. Now again, that one is that one a a free card or is that one a they're gonna sell that one on ESPN mm, Plus? I wonder if they've announced a price. They're definitely gonna. I would think uh, that. I don't think that's. But they've actually been putting a lot of free cards with even with Shakur yeah. Stevenson um, on ESPN. The last one was uh. Caleb Plant and Benavides. Oh, yeah, Caleb yeah. Plant, right, exactly. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. It's kind of above my pay grade, if that can actually happen or not. I, we I know Jake know. Paul's on the ESPN. Uh, don't. Right, you know, don't. Roster. I'm assuming, sadly, that you're going to have to bring that up. Um, I was just going to quickly bring it up, paired with uh, that got announced. Uh, it's in August, so that's why I just wanted to cool. just say it happened. Um. But he also if you don't, said, "If you don't know, Jake Paul is going to fight Nate Diaz." Yeah, I, I wasn't gonna say. Griffin's that. going to watch it. I mean, yeah, well, I have to. I mean, no, you don't. On. You most certainly do not I have, have to. to. I have to. You most don't certainly be mad at me. do not have to. No, I'll be mad at you. You're making the choice to watch S. Like that's your choice. What else am I gonna do? Anything, literally anything else. Read a book. Be a great day I'll read to maybe after. visit your I'll local. After. Uh, in, in, before they get rid of all the libraries, <laughs> visit your local library and and find a nice book. Maybe spend some time with the Taming of the Shrew or something like anything other than that. God. So even though that got officially announced, something else that he said earlier this week Who? had me really. Uh, Jake Paul I, had me. It's gonna be one of us. Really intrigued. So he's target. He was targeting. Both Muhammad Ali's grandsons in a blockbuster two-fight deal offer. One, Nico Ali Walsh, I've already reported on earlier, um, like a couple weeks ago. He's an undefeated boxer. He's up and coming right now. He has around the same record as Jake Paul. The other one, Biagio Ali Walsh, is currently a PFL fighter. Uh, that's ESPN's like MMA yeah, organization. Yeah, I, I, and I he went to this Friday night, in fact. Yeah, they're on Friday nights. Um, they usually get like kind of like old UFC vets that are mm-hmm. kind of uh, on their way out. Um, he went to Bishop Gorman, played college football at UNLV. But um, Jake Paul had recently signed that uh, partnership deal with PFL, and 
even though this Nate Diaz thing is happening, I see this as something that can happen in the future that if given the right promotion can be something that is built up as something that makes a lot of money and kind of turns the narrative on Jake Paul nope. a little bit. Nope. Just very slightly. Can't do that. That can't happen. But people will watch anyway, and it'll be stupid, and there's no reason for it to exist. But you're right. There'll be a lot of money involved and a lot of people involved, and it will change nothing about how embarrassing the entire thing is. It's all very, 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 very embarrassing. Everyone should be embarrassed. Everyone should be ashamed of themselves. But, hey, it's 2023. We don't do that anymore. There is no shame. There is no embarrassment. There's just fame. That's all we've got. And uh, clout. That's that's what we live for. All right, Charles. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, no. I'm never. There's never going to be a day. No, you're fine. It won't happen. Um, all I have left uh, this weekend, uh, really the only the main event is worth yes, talking yeah, the about. Main event. Uh, Max Holloway. In tremendous He's back. Main Can- in Kansas City okay. against uh, like England's new like up and coming superstar uh, Arnold Allen. Supposed to hit really hard. It's gonna be a good kickboxing fight. He's gonna um, get his ass kicked by Max Holloway. That's what's okay. That's what's I'm getting I'm getting the Max Holloway Calvin Cater vibes with this. Mm-hmm. Like he's gonna he's gonna school the young guy up. And then last thing I have, um, Paulo Costa, who's like one of the best on Twitter. Uh, he's always making a joke, always trying to get uh his fellow UFC fighters riled up. Uh, he mocked Luke Rockhold, who was his last opponent. Um, uh, in light of the disturbing Dalai Lama video that came out of. The Dalai Lama yes, trying to unfamiliar. lick the boy. Yeah. Um, so, for context, Luke Rockhold tried to lick his blood all over Paul Costa right. in the third round oh, of their God, fight. That was crushed. So he uh, tweeted, um, "It's with a tweet that says, still can't believe this guy thought he beat okay. Paul Costa.'" Okay. And Paul Costa retweeted, "You guys blaming Dalai Lama for that, but forgot this M- MF licked my face." Okay. And it's okay. the Dalai Lama licking Luke Rock. We could have left butt. that one out. That wasn't that's for somebody else. That's not for here. So it's I mean, all good. We could have left that one out. All right. Thank you, Charles. Appreciate it. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The Pittsburgh Penguins will miss the uh, NHL playoffs, and that ends the longest active streak uh, across all four major American sports. How about that? For playoff appearances, they made 16 straight, uh, and that streak is now coming to an end. Oh, well, yeah. that's so, that's, I feel so terrible for people yeah, in know, Pittsburgh. Exactly. You know? it's, it's just it's, awful for them. It's very awful. I also, I mean, like, I. The, the the people that are Capitals fans in this area like pretend like there's you know a uh, 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 Capitals like they, whether they try, no there is a Capitals right, Penguins yeah. thing they try to pretend like it crosses like with the Ravens Steelers thing mm-hmm. like no guys you, you a handful of you care about it the rest of us don't but we don't like Pittsburgh so we're not rooting for you but we don't like Pittsburgh so we're all on board however the Capitals also stink yeah, so they, do. they yeah. don't even get to enjoy that in any way. The uh, Bulls beat the Raptors last night. Raptors had an awful, awful collapse. So they were up by 19 halfway through like the third quarter. Um, I did not watch any of last. Yeah, night. I didn't watch it either. Um, I was, you know, was, was that? I was watching the Orioles lose. Come on. The, I mean, I watched the, the Orioles game. Then what did I watch? I did watch. I feel like I watched something else afterwards. Ted Lasso, maybe. No, I didn't watch Ted Lasso. Yeah, I didn't yet. watch it either. What the hell did I watch last night? Maybe you just got to bed early. I didn't want to watch any. Oh, you know what? Night. I finished up Party Down. Apparently, uh, the new season of Party Down isn't on Hulu. 
Oh, really? I don't know where I can get it. The third. I mean, I know it's on. I don't know how Stars works. Is Stars on like Paramount or? I don't or know. I gotta figure that out. Or Prime, maybe. I want to watch I, the new season of Party Down because um, that was kind of the point of me catching up on the old seasons of Party Down was to watch the new one. Uh, either way, the Raptors missed 18 of 36 free throws uh, in their in their game last night against the Bulls. Uh, the most free throws missed in a uh, in a winner take all playoff or play in game. They're they're that they're now including that as a new you know thing play in game. But in a winner take all playoff game uh, since the Lakers missed 19 free throws in Game Seven of the 1969 Finals. So. Very, very uh, bad, but okay. the Raptors last night. Yeah, not great. Uh, we were talking exit velo with um, with Kobe Mayo earlier. Yes. Uh, so uh, this one comes from Sarah Lang. She tweeted earlier in the week uh, after Giancarlo Stanton. And, of course, the, the losers last night are eliminated. The yes. winners yeah, yeah. play the losers from Tuesday on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, so so uh, Giancarlo Stanton had a big hit. Uh, I think it was Monday night. He hit another ball, uh, 116 miles per hour. Uh, that was his... 126th uh, batted ball that came off 160 miles per hour or harder uh, in the StatCast era, so since 2015. And there are only five other guys who have even had 10 uh, batted balls of 116 plus. Besides Giancarlo Stanton. Yes, besides Giancarlo Stanton. The StatCast era probably is after... 20, steroids. Uh, yeah, it's steroid 2015. Steroid era, right? Okay. 2015. So since 2015. Uh, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is second on this list. 39. Uh, the Sho- rest of these guys all have Shohei less Otani. than 20. Uh, yeah, Shohei Otani. He has 10. 10. Seems like a reasonable guess. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, those are the obvious ones to mm-hmm. me. I don't they know. Uh, Manny? Not Manny. Uh, Tatis. Not Tatis. Harper? Not Bryce Harper. Uh, Kyle Schwarber. Not Kyle Schwarber. Oh, that's a good that's guess. Good I, guess. Like yeah. that. I like that. Uh, Mookie Betts. Not Mookie Betts. One of them is in the AL East. Vlad Jr. Vlad Jr., yes. He has 19, third most on this list. Behind Judge and Stanton. Jose Ramirez. Not Jose Ramirez. Uh, There's the this guy. Is Pujols still in the league? Jose Abreu. No, uh, Pujols would count just because it's any hit, but no, no, Pujols. Not Jose Abreu either. He's a designated hitter, full-time designated hitter. Full-time designated hitter. Full-time designated. I don't even know who's a full-time yeah. designated hitter. He's, a, he's an old fella. He's an old fe- Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz, Nelson yeah, Cruz has 1,516-plus hits. This other one is very random. Um, but, I mean, he, I mean, I guess when you think about it, you know, he hit a lot of hard balls. He was one of your uh, one of your uh, questions for uh, Patrick Stevens, for if you can name all his teams. I mean, teams. that's basically like everybody. The past two weeks. Robinson Cano. Not Robinson Cano. In the last two weeks. One I remember. Because it was very random. It was very well, random. Well, it's very random. I kind of kind of random. When, on the list of these these six players, it's pretty random. He's random on the list of these players, but I did it with Patrick Stevens the last two weeks. I can't even remember. <laughs> Hang on. All right. No, no, no. I can come up with this because this week was Jose Valverde and the other. So it probably wasn't Jose Valverde. It if was I not Jose guess. Valverde. Um, the other one this week was... I couldn't remember if he... Jason did, Hayward. Not Jason Hayward. Yeah, so it was last week's. <laughs> Which is going to be... I know it's <laughs> impossible. impossible for me <laughs> to remember who was last week. Had a cool nickname. Had a cool nickname. He played... I guess I'll just... I'll give you... He was with uh, Colorado for... Oh, Carlos Gonzalez. Carlos Cargo. Gonzalez. Cargo. Yeah, Carlos Gonzalez. 12 hits of 116 plus. Is he is fifth uh, on this list. Damn. 
Those are the six players with 10-plus. I'm not even kidding when you said he had a cool nickname. I was thinking of hard-hitting Carlos Quinton. That was what <laughs> came to mind. It's the only reason I transitioned to Carlos Gonzalez so quickly. I, uh, Carlos Quinton. I used to call I used to I don't know why I was thinking Carlos I, I would call him a hard I don't ask man but I used to quote to the go to the well with hard hitting Carlos uh, I went Clinton. to the game with my uncle last night he was telling me he watched like this like he was in this Zoom call they were talking about the 19 or the 1884 Louisville Bats ah and then that's their a best normal, player their best player level of conversation the best yeah <laughs> well their best player on their team uh Chicken Wolf Ah, uh, Chicken Wolf. Wasn't Tungsten Arm on that team, too? I'm not wasn't, sure. I get it. Wasn't all Tungsten Arm Louisville, on that team? The, the 84 Louisville Bats. The 84 Louisville Bats. All right. Uh, Tidbit was also brought to you by the print issue of Press Box. Last weekend, for you to get this one before we got a new issue coming out, I'm sure Stan will tell us about it tomorrow. Uh, and that new issue will be on Stan's on Monday. So go get this one right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Tubular is brought to you by A.J. Michaels. It's that time of year, expert and award winning. A.J. Michaels Heating, A.C., Plumbing, and Home Performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. A.C. season is coming up fast, basically here. New rebates and discounts are available. More at ajmichaels.com. Orioles plan in about 30 minutes as they wrap up their series with the Athletics, trying to salvage a series victory. Cole Irvin on the mound against Adam Oller, whatever that is. Uh, on 1 o'clock on Madison, I lied earlier. It's not on MLB Network in the rest of the country. It's only on MLB Network if you happen to live in Boston or Tampa. I don't know if we have any Boston. Somebody did. Uh, we, you know, I'm going to spend too much time on it. Not going to think about it any longer. Ryan O'Hearn playing um, first base. Okay. Uh, women's lacrosse tonight on Big Ten Network. Hopkins, Michigan at 6, then Maryland, Penn State at 8. Um, a good one if you can get over to United Stadium tonight, the final ever area appearance for the legendary Bill Tierney as he brings Denver to play Towson at 7 o'clock. I know it's been a tough year for Towson, but still a notable Bill Tierney who once upon a time was an assistant at Johns Hopkins before winning, I think, six national championships, something like that. Uh, between Princeton and Denver, he brings the Pioneers to uh, Towson in his final season. That's tonight at 7. MLB Network, Red Sox Rays at 1, Twins Yankees at 7, Brewers Padres at 10, NBC Sports Washington has Devils Capitals at 7. Final night, final game of the year for the Capitals, right? Uh, Probably, because yeah, I, I think everything's played at least 81 at this point. So well, I do believe that, that they like had a weekend off and then they play, start the playoffs on Monday. Uh, ESPN Blue Stars at 8, Golden Knights Kraken at 10.30, Golf Channel for round one of the RBC Heritage at 2 o'clock, Access TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Uh, just a few. Uh, Nicholas Cage will be on Stephen Colbert uh, for uh, Renfield. Oh, right, that movie Renfield, comes out yeah. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, ben Affleck will be on Corden. I guess they're still doing. Uh, they're still promoting Air. Uh, Bill Hader will be on Jimmy Kimmel Live. New season of Barry uh, premieres Sunday night. So Bill Hader will be out doing that. And then there's a show on Netflix called Florida Man. Uh, that is coming out today. It's this cop. He goes back to his home was, state of Florida. I was really hoping you were going to say it was about Ken Francis. Yeah. I was really hoping that was maybe he'll make a cameo. Yeah, right. Never know. Um, but he has to hunt down this woman. It looks kind of looks pretty interesting and looks funny. Um, it might be good. Who knows? Florida man. So on okay. Netflix, and then also even bigger news: Boss Baby back in the crib season two okay. on Netflix. I I don't know what this segment is any longer. I'm not really sure what we're Boss doing baby. with this. Thanks today. Seasons. I thought it was a I movie. I thought it was a movie, too. And then I, 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 I got a show. Back in the crib, dude. No. Okay. God bless you. Ah! What? Why are we sharing that? Because it's funny. It's Boss Baby. Boss Baby's funny. You he, act- had his, he had his own balloon at the you Thanksgiving actually parade. You like Boss Baby. I've never watched it, but I like the, I like the lore. 
thanks today to Freddie Kitchens. Thanks to Leonard Ellerby. Thanks also to Kobe Mayo as well as to Dave Odom. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. By the way, did we get winners this week? Did we get a Glory Days winner? Did we get a uh, I'm gonna have to pick a new one because this person doesn't want to doesn't want to answer me. Right, so right, sorry, pal. All right, all yeah. right. Um all right, let's handle that. Also, yeah. uh, what's up on uh, tom- oh tomorrow? We got uh, Chance Stevens, yes, incoming Maryland basketball transfer from Loyola Marymount, uh, a shooter, mm-hmm. but basically just a shooter. That's what we need. That's what Maryland could definitely yes. use. There is no question about that. Uh, and you said Gavin Sheets Gavin is going to join yes. us tomorrow. Baltimore Zone, and uh, of course Chicago White Sox as the Orioles get ready to travel out to Chicago, take on the White Sox this weekend, and uh, stuff and things. Stand, Stand the fan, of course, will be here tomorrow morning. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including A.J. Michaels, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Hartford Community College, Guilford Hall Brewery, Birdland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Charles at charles.ap28 on Instagram is how you follow him. Follow uh, Thanks to Griffin, Griffin underscore Bass on Twitter. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. You heard Freddie Kitchens mention the legendary Odell Beckham catch. We attempted to recreate mm. the Odell Beckham catch this week on uh, TikTok. I won. I, I got to be honest with you. The video, looking over it again, you did. Yes. You did. There's no denying no question. that yours came off by far and away the most like the Odell Beckham catch. No question about it. I practiced it. a lot. <laughs> yeah, I could tell. It's unbelievable. I'm like, that actually looked good. First try. You got the bit. You got you understood you understood the assignment. I will give you credit for that. All right, uh, but go check that out on TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday. Go Birds. Uh, go Towson Lacrosse. Go Maryland and Hopkins Women. Duke sucks.